0: Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. This is episode 162. Uh, You may think that the industry is a little quiet right now, but this show begs to differ. We have 11 different topics in today's show. Uh, Some people made some comments about last week's show. I said, oh, we need to get through all these, and then we talked an hour about Stadia. Yeah. (laughs)
1: I knew but, that wasn't going to get short,
0: but right. But I knew we were going to spend a lot of time on Stadia, and therefore. Well, so bring that over here. So oh I yeah, we'll share it. it. There you go. Um, Shane only. Shane, you you missed the. Print,
1: I, I printed
0: you? not enough rundowns of the show today. So it's Matt and never I are... happened in
1: hundred and sixty-two episodes. Yeah, it's I pr- I did impressive. not print enough rundowns. So we're going to share pretty good track record.
0: <laughs> uh, but we do have eleven topics today, so I don't want to spend too much uh, on the intro of the show. Uh, Thanks to everybody, all our patrons on Patreon. The month turned over. Thanks to everybody who stuck with us for the month. We really appreciate it. Uh, We got some new folks in on our uh, Give Me Credit Patreon tier. You'll see them at the end of the list. It's running at the bottom of the screen right now. Uh, A couple notes before we get going. As usual, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'd really appreciate it. If you could help us on Patreon, it would be great. If you can't do that... You can give us $2.50 for free every single month via Twitch Prime. All that stuff is down in the description. It takes like a minute. We'd really appreciate it if you guys could do that for us. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Not a ton of big games coming out this week. No,
1: but we already had a couple. Yeah. So we're just kind of buckling down and waiting for Mortal Kombat pretty much.
0: April might be a little tough. Yeah. We <laughs> may, have, may have to work a little bit to get some shows together, but we've uh, we've been through it before and we'll we'll do it again. Uh, But probably the biggest game of the week that was released was the new Yoshi game for Nintendo Switch, Yoshi's Crafted World. Uh, I've been playing the game now for pretty much the entire weekend. Um, I'm pretty much at the end of it, so I think I have a pretty good grasp on it at this point. If you guys remember, I talked about this game on the show after the demo that they had put up on the eShop. And I was not a gigantic fan of the game after playing the demo. And as it turns out, now that I played the final game... Uh, That demo was the first level in the entire game. So it was kind of a training level, which makes sense, particularly when you look at my criticisms of it, how simple it was Mm -hmm. and how it didn't really go very deep. Uh, That uh, that all adds up now that I realized it was the very first level in the game. I have dove a lot deeper into it at this point. And I will say just right off the bat that my impressions of the game have improved. I like the game more than I did when I played the demo. I will say this though, the engine in this game, I don't know where they got it from, but it's certainly not the same engine that's running games like Breath of the Wild or uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. It has technical issues, despite being a very simple game, lots of flat shaded textures, not a lot of polygonal complexity, but there are some moments in the game and cutscenes where the game chugs, which is a little strange. Um, the story of the game is, and not that it even really matters for games like this, but and you're kind of seeing the cinematic on the screen right now. The Unreal Engine. It's the Unreal Engine. That's, I don't know how to take that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. You would think the Unreal Engine would be able to run a little better than this, and it, typically it would, I think. But uh, maybe they're just not masters at u- utilizing it. But I was right in that it wasn't the same engine that they were using no, on those other games. true. Um, could be worse. Could be frostbite. Yeah. So there, exactly. So there's really not a story in this game. It's just a setup like a lot of uh, sort of kid-oriented Nintendo games. There's this big rock that has five jewels in it. Uh, someone shows up. You fight over it. There's a weird explosion. The jewels go flying everywhere. And then it's a race to be the first to collect the 5 jewels. Have you ever had a situation in life where you solved the problem
1: by having to plug things you found into another thing like Only in Resident Evil? Like is it <laughs> It's such a common convention in video games but has anyone ever needed to do that unless you consider like I don't know, unless you make like a big stone display for where your bills go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the funny part is, if you look at the, the facial expressions on the Yoshis here, they, they look just about as apathetic towards the story mm. as I was. So I'm not alone <laughs> on that one, apparently. But it's basically just a setup to get you to go and collect five gems. The way the game is structured, it's set up a lot like a 2D Mario game. Uh, there's like a, a world overview screen and a predetermined path through that overview screen, through that map. And you basically have to tackle the game linearly. Uh, there's not a lot of branching paths where you can kind of choose do two different ways to go. You kind of have to keep trudging forward. And I think a big part of why it's designed that way is because when you go to a new world, after you've finished all the levels in one world, when you go to another one, you need a certain number of flowers to unlock that next world. And it's not like crazy hardcore where, oh, okay, well, you there were ten possible flowers on that last level, and you need at least eight or nine of them to get, it's not like that. Like, I've always had an abundance of flowers to unlock the new levels. Um, Maybe towards the end, I mean, I feel like I'm at the end of the game already, and I haven't got to a place where I was like, oh, I need to go back and replay some of these other levels to get enough flowers to open up the next one. So, it's pretty pretty gentle in that way, and pretty much every other way. Uh, To the best of my recollection, I've died twice the entire time. And both those times that that happened, it was basically one of those levels where you're automatically getting shoveled through the level and something big just fell on Yoshi Mm. and just killed him instantly. It wasn't like an attrition thing where I took enough hits over like 10 minutes that I just died. Does it take place on an island? It kind of...
1: I'm just looking for evidence. flip Flipping island. Looking yeah. for evidence that the flipping island thing. <laughs> well, is you true. can see
0: my homage yeah. in the lower third there. I was like, I have to make sure that I mention flipping somehow in the lower third when we talk about this game. Uh, and so the game is mostly linear. In between some stages, you're, what you're seeing right now, this gumball machine. The game has loot boxes, hmm. which is weird. Uh, there's a gumball machine. So as you play, you collect gold coins. And then you spend those gold coins on the gumball machine. In the gumball machine, you put your, your coins in, and then something comes out, and it's like a capsule toy, basically, that comes out. You don't know what's in it until it cracks open. It's a loot box, basically. Here you're seeing me pay the toll to unlock the next set of stages. Um, so, while the game is linear... It does do a good job of kind of building your skills and your knowledge of the game as you go. Um, the object of the game really is just to reach the end. But you have to collect specific things before you get to the end, before you can get there. Because uh, there are certain objects that you have to use that will... There's like walls that you can break down with like explosive enemies. You suck in the explosive enemy and then throw it and it'll break open a wall. Uh, there's lots of sections where there are like mine carts and you have to push the mine cart and then that will bust through a wall. There's lots of kind of environmental puzzles like that and in fact I would probably describe this game as a puzzle platformer more than just a side-scrolling platformer in general. The, the actual platforming in the game is very easy, very user-friendly. And what you're seeing right now you're probably like, why is Yoshi in a box? So that's the costume. When you, when you buy a costume at the gumball machine, and you don't know what it is until you get it, um, you can then equip that costume. And the costume doesn't give you like special abilities or anything, it's basically just armor. Um, which, really, you don't need in this game, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but it does give you armor, and if you do take too much damage, the costume will be destroyed. Uh, so they only take so much abuse before they, they break apart and you can't use them anymore. Um, as far as like mission objectives go, like I said, the primary objective is get to the end, but sometimes you have to do things to do that. So uh, when we talked about the demo, there was one section where you had to find three pieces of a train, and then reconstruct the train, and the train would take you to the next area. There's lots of stuff like that. Like there's one where there's like a broken bridge and you have to go and find the pieces of the bridge and rebuild the bridge so the train can go over the bridge. Um, and there's lots of levels in the game where it's just where everything's kind of moving and you just have to adjust. Lots of times where you're sitting on a train and you have to jump and shoot and attack while the train is moving and not fall off of the train. Uh, that happens with some of the mine carts as well. There are sections of the game where the mine cart just goes careening through the level. And you have to jump over enemies and try to collect stuff. And that's really what this game is about, is collecting. Like back in the day, people used to call Nintendo games Kitty and they were collect-a-thons. This really is a -a collect-a-thon. That is the objective through each level, is how much stuff do you collect. So, you actually find flowers in each each level, but there are also red coins that you can find. And if you get enough of those, you get a flower. Uh, The gold coins that you're seeing, if you get every 100 of those you get, you get a flower. Um, so it's not just, oh, there's a flower, now I've collected it, and now I've got all the ones on the level. You have to earn some just by searching every nook and cranny of the game to try to find coins and, and other items like that. Um, the reason it's you know that we thought or the fake name was Yoshi's Flipping Island is because a big part of the game is how it flips perspective. So it looks like a 2D game, but there are parts of the game where you can walk into the level, and you'll be kind of behind some of the objects. And then there are other parts of the game where the actual world flips and you see it from the other side and you have to actually like navigate stuff that you couldn't see at all before and there's little diversions like this obviously where you have like a mech yoshi and you're just beating up buildings trying to get through it no matter what the permutation or the combination or the idea all of it's really easy this game to me was is targeted at six to seven eight-year-old kids And even them, I think, would probably have a laugh at the the difficulty in this game. There's no difficulty settings, so you can't make it any more challenging if you'd like to. I've spent, I don't know, around 10 hours playing it so far, and I think I'm pretty much at the end, so it's not a gigantic game. There is incentive to go back and perfect each level if you want to, go back and collect every coin, collect every flower. Um, It's not a, a lot of incentive, but there's some slight incentive to do it. I have no interest in going back and doing that again. This is kind of one of those games where once you complete something, you're like, okay, I got everything out of that that I, that I needed at this point. Um, when I drafted this game on my team. I think it was an alternate.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. And
0: I, I think I said, this game's going to get a 7.5, and that'll be good enough for me for a game as an alternate. And right now it's Metacritic is sitting at 7.5. Yeah,
1: better my first pick, which is sitting at 55. Yeah, so.
0: well, yeah, I have Anthem in other leagues as yeah. well, so I feel your pain. <laughs> Go read that
1: Shri- Jason Schreier article and uh, illuminate yourself. Yeah, well, I think you very... did a good
0: job of illuminating already. I mean, you had talked about the engine as being a big problem yeah. all along, and lo and behold... They do They do cite that again, but clearly there
1: was a lot more in addition. It's one of the reasons, but not the only reason.
0: Yeah, so Jason Schreier, again, put out another great piece today. It's on Sifted right now. Uh, he basically talks about the whole behind-the-scenes stuff about Anthem. And what happened with the game, and and it's a pretty interesting read to say the least. It explains a few things, too. yeah, it definitely does. Uh, but anyway, back to Yoshi. Uh, the game is full priced. I have a big problem buying this game at full price. But the problem we've said it before. The problem with Nintendo games is they never really go on sale. Um, I would probably pay forty dollars for this game. I think it's probably the right price for it. A full price game that you only get ten hours out of, or, or something like that, is a to me is a really hard sell. Um, There are so many other games you can spend less and get way more uh, gameplay out of. But it's another Yoshi game. Yoshi games are always kind of these mediocre B-team games from Nintendo that are short and easy but cute. Uh, I've been playing it. My wife has just kept going, oh, my gosh, so cute, so (laughs) cute. Um, The music is repetitive. There's not enough music in the game. You hear that same Yoshi theme over and over, and I got really, really sick of it after a while and actually ended up turning the music off in the game. The visuals, man, it's hard It's hard to bang on them because you can just see all the creativity that's in it. I mean, basically everything's built out of corrugated cardboard. And so you can even see on the side there, like the corrugation in the side of the cardboard. It's hard to tell that that's what it's supposed to be sometimes, and I think that makes the game look ugly at times. And again, like here you're seeing they've just flipped the world, so you're kind of seeing everything behind the scenes, and it's mm-hmm. just cardboard. Um the other problem I've had with this game is the sections where they ask you to go into the world instead of just going side to side. It's the, the pathfinding for those is hard. So a lot of times you, you're like, oh, I think I can go into the world. You try and Yoshi won't go in. And so you move on and then you realize, oh no, he could go back in that pathway. The game just has weird like hit detection. It wasn't letting me go back in there. So it's a little annoying in that regard. Uh, But overall, it's just like a fun, mindless, whimsical experience. You're not going to be really challenged. You may be challenged to think here and there. Uh, Like I said, it's really more of a puzzle platformer. You kind of got to figure out, okay, what do I need to shoot with the eggs to trigger this or trigger that? Or how can I get somewhere in the, the environment so that I have a clear shot at tossing an egg at an item? Because some items in the game that you collect, you don't have to physically touch them you can just shoot them with an egg and you can claim them that way. And a lot, a lot of the game is okay. I I can see that I need to hit that object with an egg, but how do I get to a point in the level where I can actually target it and hit it? And that's pretty much the entire game. Hmm. Um, like I said, it's charming. It's fun. If you have kids and you're looking for a game for your kids to play, where you're not gonna have to sit there and babysit them the whole time they play it, it's a good choice. And in fact, if I had a, a really young kid that owned a Switch, this is certainly a game that I would target and I would have on my radar to get them. As an adult, uh, it's really hard for me to rationalize spending 60 bucks on this game. What about as a rock? As a rock? Did you see that?
1: Was, um, so I don't remember who did Somebody put a video up where two rocks beat a
0: level of this on the
1: easiest mode.
0: Like what do you they, mean by two just, rocks? Put, like,
1: rocks on the controller.
0: <laughs> I can totally see that. <laughs> it is the easiest. It, it was funny, too, going from... Sekiro to this. <laughs> uh, like yeah, their, the counter system in this is way more forgiving. <laughs> it, was, it was honestly kind of exactly what I needed after playing Sekiro, to, to be frank. I mean, it was like, oh wow, a game where I can't possibly die, no matter what I do, I'll take it right now. So it was kind of a breath of fresh air for me. And maybe that's clouding my judgment of the game a little bit. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Um, it's pretty polished. It's not, I wouldn't say it's up to Nintendo's usual standards. Uh, Regardless of what you think of the visuals, the the coloring, the color palette in it, it's literally like unicorn vomit. I mean, it's just, it violates every artistic law of using color in the book. But again, when you can kind of forgive it a little bit because of the fact that it's supposed to be kind of this paper mache, paper craft world that, that you're visiting. Or it's also kind of like a, there are some sections of the game where it's like on a tabletop and you have the whole small character, big world aesthetic going on. Um, but yeah, it's a good choice for kids, but if you're an adult, I would steer clear even in April where there's not a lot of other options for you. I would suggest tackling something in your backlog or maybe picking up a game that you were kind of wishy-washy on in the last couple of months and, uh, didn't want to pull the trigger right away. Maybe something like, a Metro Exodus or something like that that you passed on. I would recommend something like that before jumping in on Yoshi, which is a shame because, Switch has been on a little bit of a dry spell here uh, after Smash came out. We haven't really had a lot of uh, big, even third-party games come out for it. First few months of the year have been pretty dry, unless you're really into indie games. Yeah,
1: a couple of decent indies. Uh, I thought, uh, I did finally pick up uh, Travis Strikes again and thought that was better than I expected Oh, it was?
0: Okay. I haven't really heard too many people say good things about it.
1: It's, it's not the best thing you'll play this year but it is pretty funny and uh, it it is it's always kind of nice to get like a grasshopper manufacturer perspective on current trends and there is some of that in there um, so if I was, if I was't I was say if you're if you're desperate for something to play on the switch and you haven't played that yet it's it's not a full-fledged no more heroes game obviously because it's a different thing but like it it's it it did the job for me it, fe- it felt it felt like a legit like it, you know, game in the series. Uh, I just wouldn't pick this one because I physically hate Yoshi.
0: A lot of people so. do. His games aren't great. I don't great. even know why.
1: I don't even. I just hate looking at Jeff the character. Jeff Gerstman hates him, too. I hate looking at him. I hate <laughs> everything about the character in every imaginable way. My favorite thing about him is that Mario hits him in the head to make him spit his tongue out in, <laughs> in, in, in Super Mario World. Like I, I know that was supposed to be like a recent revelation. I always saw that. I always knew that's <laughs> what he was doing. I knew he was hitting the... He was hitting the dinosaur
0: in the head to make him do the thing. Um, My wife loves Yoshi. She's like, I wish you could play games like this all the time instead of all the games with all the killing and the zombies. <laughs> no, I I just I Sorry. can't stand him.
1: Like it's not because he's cute or whatever. It's just like something about the, his proportions and his voice, everything just yeah. know. Like I got no problem with cute. I love Kirby, but like Kirby's also kind of maybe got more of an attitude on him here and there. Kirby's kind yeah. of a, Kirby's also kind of a Lovecraftian horror when you really think about him. And Yoshi's just sort of like.
0: Well, there's better gameplay variety because and, and also ran yeah because Kirby games it's like he can turn into anything right everything so you changes. can pretty much do anything with the game that you want. It's much more rigid and structured with Yoshi's games, mm-hmm. and I think that's I mean he's kind of turned into the the lowest rung Nintendo IP at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean I also appreciate that Kirby like Kirby will kill hundreds of people because someone stole his cake. Right, <laughs> that's all it takes. Yeah, it, it's uh. Like, the pettiness of Kirby is attractive <laughs> to me for some reason. Whereas Yoshi just... I, I might be it with Yoshi. Yoshi seems so earnest. Yeah. And earnest so upfront. Like it's, it's,
0: it's hard to have a strong opinion on Yoshi because mm. he's just so benign. It's like... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, and and like for some reason, that annoys me more than anything else. Is that, <laughs> that he's so... Blech. He's
0: just vanilla. Yeah. I will
1: say I do actually really like the look of it. I think it looked like the the crafted element. I mean, I like Woolly World's look too. I, yeah. I think what they do. visually... Woolly World was,
0: looks better than this game. Yeah, I would agree enough. With that. I would agree. Which with is that. very weird.
1: But I do think like the creativity in, in the in the art direction in the in these the, the Oshi games is very cool. Um, I will just never see them firsthand because I refuse to play anything with him as the main character. But. um and they do like, take I like it the it. whole I, way like, like the corrugated you, is, I, I you know same reason i you know, i like it in pikmin when you've got the little you know the, the real life stuff in the garden yeah. and i like i like i like that in uh little big planet as well you know i, I think that's a cool aesthetic but um that's
0: some, a, some about levels, all i have to say nice about that yeah like. some levels look better than others i'll say yeah. that as well some a lot of the stuff in this b-roll is some of the better looking parts of the game i'll say that um but the, it's just the colors in it. It's just, it's like, it hurts my eyes to look at it. It's like every color in on the planet is in every level of this game. There's really not themes to it, so to speak. Yeah, well, it beats, beats brown and gray. That's true, which we get more than enough of in every other yeah. franchise. So, so there you go. Yoshi's Crafted World. I do not recommend it as a purchase at full price for most people. And sadly, you'll probably never find it on discount either. So I guess I'm just saying it's a pass, ultimately. Hmm. Yeah. One day it may be cheap. Yeah. Or you can find it on eBay, maybe. Somebody plays it. And, but mm-hmm. even there, the prices are usually closed to retail. Yeah, but I mean,
1: for something like this I would probably hold off until like, everyone's, at some point Nintendo by the end of the year is going to do like a digital sale for like 19.99. I'm pretty sure. Like, physical physical copies don't drop in price very far, ever, because yeah. they usually go out of print before they can drop that far. But Nintendo's started to wake up to the, to the digital sale thing, so I wouldn't be surprised if you can get this by 20 bucks by Black Friday, if you don't mind not having a physical copy of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're not going to miss anything by waiting till Black Friday to play this either. <laughs> there's not Although,
1: some... that's kind of a sad way to spend Black Friday. It is. <laughs> gotta, hopefully, there's going to be better things. Better
0: stuff to spend your money on, absolutely. All right, we're going to talk next about PAX East, which just happened this past weekend. Um, PAX East is... I don't know. It seems like it's pretty much on equal footing with PAX West at this point. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Maybe even in some years it's, well, bigger. Yeah, well, also remember like a
1: lot more of the country can get to PAX East yeah. easily. Yeah, because so yeah, East sense. Coast you have
0: that congregation of population and people can get up to Boston yeah. without... I remember
1: back in Tech TV they used to say that 80% of our viewing audience was east of the Mississippi. Yeah. Like it's...
0: That's typical. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like most of the country lives there.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it was a good PAX East. I mean, there was yeah. It, it PAX I think is generally known for indie stuff, and that held true again this time. We're going to talk about the big, bigger indie stuff that was uh, that was announced at the show. But at PAX East this year, we got several huge announcements. Obviously, the biggest one is a bunch of stuff for Borderlands. Mm-hmm. So, Borderlands Three was announced finally. You know, we all knew that that was in development for a long time. It was finally unveiled with the new with a trailer. Uh, the unveiling of that game, which we're not seeing, by the way, I should mention. This is not Borderlands 3 you're seeing right now. And the reason you're not seeing Borderlands 3 is because 2K is one of the publishers that sends out copyright strikes for its trailers. So we cannot show you Borderlands 3 on the show today. Instead, we have to show you gameplay of Borderlands yeah, 2.
1: Nobody sh- nobody show anyone the promotional material
0: we put out. Yeah, we don't want people to actually see the marketing materials that we've created for our products. Well. <laughs> It's really bizarre, but they're not alone, so I'm not going to single out 2K. There are other publishers that do the same exact thing. So uh, Borderlands 3, and I hate to say this, looked exactly as I expected it to. Exactly. Looks like Borderlands. It's Borderlands in 1080p. And I, there's really not much else you can say about it. There were, It appears that there's a bigger emphasis on vehicles, but nothing was really said about it.
1: I hope not, because the vehicles weren't amazing in the previous ones.
0: Right, but, I mean, if you watch the trailer, vehicles are are the vast... It seems like it take up the vast majority of the time, which led me to believe that it's going to be a big deal for... Or borderlands 3 i don't know i could be absolutely wrong it could just be a you know, coincidence I mean, look, looking at this you'd think
1: trains were a big part of right. Borderlands right yeah too, you're so actually yeah. right
0: that's a good point
1: <laughs> that's a
0: really good point
1: like you saw this at the opening you're like oh i guess we're gonna be robbing trains in this one no. yeah
0: i mean i will say this they they stuck with the same art style yeah but it looks a lot better
1: yeah it looks like a like a 4k remaster basically yeah i mean
0: the detail in borderlands 3 in the cell shading is pretty impressive the game looks good i'll say that much uh i am not a big fan of that franchise as i've mentioned before mm-hmm. uh, but i can understand where if you are you're you are over the moon over what they showed because it's not a big change it's not a drastic departure they're not rebooting their franchise they're not taking some crazy new angle at it it's like hey here's a much better looking yeah. Borderlands, here's more borderlands
1: yeah i mean that's probably all it needs to be yeah um i did see some kind of consternation over like oh it just looks like the same thing why did it take this long or what you know but whatever it's gonna
0: be borderlands it is weird it's like why did it take so long i don't know like too busy making bad aliens games i I guess guess. Um, i it's bizarre to me and i mean we we still don't have a release date they haven't announced platforms i think it's pretty safe to say well everything yeah i mean you think it'll come to switch I mean, it's probably 2K has been pretty good. It's with probably Switch.
1: scalable enough too. I mean, yeah. It's not going to look as good, but like I, I mean, I don't see why not.
0: And 2K's put out Switch games. And they're so putting out
1: Borderlands on Switch. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And that was the other big announcement from from Gearbox is that Borderlands One and Two and the pre sequel. Yeah. Are all being remastered in 4K.
1: Right, which they've already been remastered for current gen. For 1080P. Now they're going. Yeah. Now they're full, going up
0: Ultra HD. Yeah. Uh, any interest in that? Not really. I, I already, was a little puzzled by that. To be honest, I already honest.
1: have those games like three times over. The, the The thing that makes that makes me wonder how far out Borderlands Three is.
0: That's a little makes it a little scary. That's yeah. that,
1: that that if you're putting out all you know, even just as if you're putting it out as sort of the the big pack, um, that makes me think like you you're not worried about people buying three of these games and burning out on them six months later in time for Borderlands Three. Um, I mean, I guess we'll see, but. Uh they didn't say anything about a release date. Nothing. Anything,
0: so. No release date, no platforms, nothing. They're just like, here's a trailer. And their unveiling was so painful. I don't know if their TriCaster there was having problems with PAX, but the video kept know.
1: stuttering. Randy blamed the, the PAX equipment.
0: Right. Which so. I'm guessing was whoever they hired to come in and, and yeah direct all that stuff. Their TriCaster or whatever they were using just crapped out and imagine working on a game for five years. I'm assuming they worked on it at least five years. And then you gotta unveil it and that's what happens. They had to try to show the trailer like three times. And at that point it had already been uploaded to their YouTube channel. It was yeah. like, it was pretty bad.
1: This is this is why people do direct
0: yeah. live presentations. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe you know, that's a lesson for other publishers going forward. Uh, what would you like to see changed from the formula for Borderlands 3 though? I mean like I just think
1: the whole like you know, like the whole three billion guns thing, or whatever. It's like, yeah, okay, there's a billion guns, but you're kind of hoping for the hundred. One of you manage to get one of the hundred or thousand or so that's actually useful. Right. Um, and the main thing with these with this series is like, I just don't make it all the way through. Like it's just, I always quit. It, before it I just, make it. Yeah. it just I feel like it run. They run out of tricks before the halfway point. Sometimes. Yep. Um, I've never finished a Borderlands game. I've finished the first one. I finished the second one. But I never fished any of the DLC for the second one, except uh, I think I played the Tiny Tina Dungeons and Dragons thing. Yeah. But like, they're just immense, and like, it's I mean, it's a looter game. It's it's, I get it. It's like that's kind of what those kind of things are. But like, for whatever reason, I've never found the base gameplay like really really sustained that long
0: neither. and like it's serviceable the
1: first one the first one i found a gun i really really liked that stayed viable for like most of the last half of the game which made it better because but there's other times if i'm stuck using weapons that i don't particularly like and you're that happens relatively often just because of the randomness of the loot system like it can sour it can like sour my uh my likelihood of going back and turning it on again if I know that I'm not going to have like weaponry I like to use, because they can talk about how like crazy and awesome, it is. but really it's like okay, I got a shotgun that shoots like five missiles at once. He's like, but really, what does that do? You miss with three of the five right. missiles, and you run out of ammo in five shots. Yeah, you know, it's like so. What? What good is it really? Yeah. yeah, it's it's like it's like a neat trick, but in the end, it's sort of like what you really want is a standard assault rifle with some kind of elemental damage. Right. You know, and it's yeah. just it's. It's it. I, I just like them to make more of the crazy stuff more viable for like regular use. Okay. I mean, that would be kind of my my one criticism um, that I'd like to see implemented in going forward. Other than that, I mean, they clearly have a winning formula for the most part. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing the uh, the humor maybe step up a, a one notch on the maturity level <laughs> a little yeah. bit. Like it's a little.
0: These games have a T rating though, don't they? Do they? I don't think they're M.
1: I feel like anything where you're blowing heads off is going to give you an M. I don't
0: know. I, I mean, the know. cover
1: is a guy blowing his head. I mean, yeah, I wonder what the cover is. Head. So in the cover, they're going to figure out a way to get that guy to shoot himself three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I wonder what that's going to be.
0: <laughs> I thought Borderlands. They got to be. They got to be M. There's
1: I didn't no think there way. was blood
0: in those games. Though. No, you
1: you can blow heads up in that. You can blow yeah. and like grenades. But cause like jibs and stuff. it's gotta if be if it's M
0: rated then you're right I mean the humor should match it's ESRB rating yeah.
1: well I mean like mature in a sense like does everything have to be a poop joke kind right. of thing you know yeah. like just you know I mean it's, it's still the humor they have now will still get you the M rating it's just I'd like to see it elevate elevate a little bit yeah um and more Claptrap I, I like Claptrap I, uh, clap, clap I know he's a he's a divisive figure really? people uh, don't like him? a lot of people hate him yeah really? I, I, I like him I mean
0: it's always interesting because you you always have your pulse on fandom. You always know like what the fans of a particular franchise like or don't like about a franchise. Mm-hmm. I'm always oblivious to it. Like I I don't get into like the fan groups mm-hmm. or anything. Like I always like I just uh, play the games.
1: Also, I like Claptrap because um, back in the day, the group I used to play online, everything online with one of the guys in the group sounded exactly like, like he was oh, personality-wise geez. and sound and voice-wise. It was him. <laughs> and I remember coming back to. Um, I played it at some event or something and I came back and, we, and on, I was online and I'm like guys like Magus is in the, that Borderlands, the Borderlands game, he is the, the <laughs> robot, like really, he, and they're like what yeah. and of course the game comes out and plays and, and like he you know we all join into like a four-player co-op and we, it starts playing and Claptrap starts talking and he finishes like his first like little speech and one of the other guys in the group goes holy shit like it was just like yeah <laughs> n- totally the moment of realization like, ex- like like the tone the desperate like me thing like it was yeah. totally him so he kind of became the new man we, we like claptrap because he was like just like our friend right so, right and like our, eventually the friend was able to kind of embrace that early on he was not super happy he was, he's kind of in, was like, he
0: aware that people hated that character
1: eventually yeah but he (laughs) he he in the end i would say i would describe him as a cross between uh claptrap and teddy from persona 4 so try to imagine that he was a good kid kid.
0: that's a good thing because if he wasn't he'd be doomed
1: no he's it's everyone's moved on now and everything's fine and and everything everything turned out okay but yeah for a while there we're like
0: so when do you think borderlands 3 is coming matt
1: i mean it wouldn't shock me to see it like late next year late next year yeah like I feel like you know, given what they've shown and given the the release of the remasters, like feels like you maybe put those out later this year and then put the put three out late next year maybe maybe it might be a good like um like, August, September, like, early in the holiday season release, you know, like, just to get ahead of things. You would think if it were coming
0: this year, they would have at least mentioned that.
1: Yeah, I would think so. I mean, They'd have been,
0: like, coming 2019.
1: Yeah, or you'd see, like, I mean, at the very least, if we don't see anything further in that regard in terms of details at E3, I think 2020 is a pretty safe bet. Yeah.
0: It looks really But I would, But I would should. guess
1: it's past. It's not in this fiscal.
0: Yeah. Which means, like, after After
1: March, March next year yeah. would be my, my solid bet. Makes sense to me if they weren't doing the remasters of the other 3 i might guess earlier but i just feel like that feels like a like a you can't put those two things out too close to one another.
0: Yeah. So Or unless they put it out like three months before, just so people have just yeah. enough time to finish those before Yeah, it just feels like putting out
1: here's a pack of like three almost identical games yeah. that all last like a hundred plus hours. <laughs> That's a
0: good or, Nobody will
1: want to buy the third one. Like what's the difference at <laughs> yeah. that point? You know? Yeah,
0: people are like, I've had enough of this, I don't want to buy like, unless you're like a
1: hardcore Borderlands fan who's already played them all and you right. desperately need new content yeah. and there's a fairly large audience for that, I think, but I just feel like you don't want to you you don't want to kind of like give them a better deal that close to the releasing your full price new sequel so i'm going to guess that borderlands 3 is probably like a year out from whenever they release the
0: remasters i think that's a safe bet let's move on to some other games that were shown at pax east um probably other big ones wolfenstein youngblood we knew about this game Mm -hmm. it wasn't debuted in fact i drafted this game on my team as well uh The first trailer they put out for it was basically just a cinematic yeah it it, showed the two girls the the two girls and so you knew okay there's these two girls you're going to team up and and play with this at pax we finally get the first look at gameplay from it did you get a chance to check it out i'm doing that right now (laughs) (laughs) on the fly training uh the one thing that strikes me about this is it appears that First-person hand-to-hand stuff is going to be a bigger deal mm-hmm. than it was in other Wolfenstein yeah, games. Yeah, which
1: makes, which makes some sense, I think, in the wake of um, Doom. I think the, the satisfaction of, of kind of Doom's, like, kills and close-up combat. Yeah. Uh, I, it doesn't surprise me that that has sort of found its way into Wolfenstein. Uh, even, like, when I, I did replay Wolfenstein. Which one? Both of the... the New Colossus. New Order. The New... New, Order new blood, and... New Blood? New Order? Was it... The first one and the second one, I didn't play the old blood. Okay. So new order and, and second and the new the new clauses. Yeah. Um, and I did feel like oh I wish I could do the doom thing where I run up and do some.
0: Yeah, some more melee. Some, some melee stuff. So, so stuff. I
1: feel like that's a, actually a pretty good addition.
0: Game looks ace. Yeah. It is. We have kind of figured out at this point though that it is a spinoff. It's not. It's kind of like a side game. It's not like a full fledged sequel. No, but I mean it's it's BJ's daughters.
1: Um, I think, was it, like, 20 years later?
0: Yeah. What was the other spinoff that they did? Blood They did the Old Dragon? Blood. Blood Dragon, Dragon was Blood Far Cry. Cry. Old yeah.
1: old Blood. Old Blood was the spinoff. Was, the, was the, basically the remake of the original Wolfenstein. Right, right. At, like, basically the backstory. of Because New, New Order kind of implies that the, the the BJ you're playing has been through the events of... What we think of as the original Wolfenstein 3D, to in some form, yeah. and then Old Blood basically tells that story. Gotcha. So it's a prequel to the.
0: the and that's kind of what this is. It's like a side story. I don't yeah. know if the pricing is going to be cheaper yet. I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if it was like forty or something. Yeah. It
1: feels kind of. It's sort of the new dawn of uh, Wolfenstein. Yeah. Um, side story. That's sort of official. A fish, uh, sequel, that maybe isn't the the next you know capital E entry, but like here's some. Here's some fun stuff to kind of keep you keep you busy.
0: I'll tell you though, Far Cry New Dawn ended up being big. Like I spent a lot of time playing that game. Nah, it's for was what a was time. like a spin-off. I mean, I probably got close to 40 hours maybe.
1: Yeah, I'd say I was I was around there. By the time it was all, all said and done?
0: Yeah, I mean that doesn't feel like a spin-off to me you get that much playtime out of a game. No. Um,
1: well, I liked. I probably liked it better than Five overall. I, I found it less annoying in terms. I like some of story. parts of
0: it better, some parts worse. So mm-hmm. probably as a wash for me. I liked both games. Though. I thought I thought New Dawn had more fun
1: weaponry, yeah. um, like the the blade shooter and like I like the the improvised weapon. You know where like you can see like, kind of your sniper rifles made out of like an oxygen tank yeah. and like a you know like a screwdriver and, and stuff. So. duct cool. tape. Yeah, like it, it was. It was fun. It's probably it's probably the the my favorite of the Far Cries since Primal. What? um and i understand why it didn't sell tremendously well just because it is more of the same and they probably do need to r- really look evaluate how they present the villains in these games yeah. They've been doing it the same since 2012 and i don't think it really works anymore well i think the but i still is... love running around shooting things and yeah still i mean you, know, you give me a bow and arrow and and outpost to take over and i'm gonna be happy
0: i think the problem too is that they market those games they market the villains extensively with with those games but then you play the game and yeah. you're like wait a minute where's the villain You end up seeing them like two or three times throughout the course of the game, as they're not a big part of Mm -hmm. the story generally. So it's a little bit of false advertising. There's got to be a way
1: to integrate the main villains more into kind of the 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 way the game unfolds. Yeah. Especially because at a certain point, like it it happened in New Dawn too, where there's points where, like, by the time like the the later, you know, there's always a later scene, maybe two thirds through the game, where the villains kind of strike back at you, and like Mm -hmm. you get captured, or like they capture someone that's important to you, or they. They do something, and like you know, there's a there's a thing where like near the end of or you have that scene in New Dawn, and like to go in to see the twins, you basically get forced to put your weaponry in a bag before you go. Out. I'm like, screw that! Yeah, I yeah, can go I, in there. You want to do it either? These people aren't <laughs> bulletproof. I guarantee you, I can c- kill these people before they can react. to me. I mean, I I just took down a giant zombie bear. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure I can take down two. Although when you a fight them, with
0: motocross armor. Yeah.
1: when you fight them, they do take more bullets than a bull elephant. Oh yeah, they do. Oh like, yeah, they do. Um, it's uh, this is a point at which you're like, 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 why is everyone so afraid of the of the half naked dude talking about God's plan? Just shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You go talk to him and get one of the other fourteen people at your camp that doesn't do anything all day to snipe him from about you know hundred yards out, and we got it. We got. It, we're done. We're, we're done. Fine. Yep.
0: Uh Let's move on to some other games. Streets of Rage Four. We got mm-hmm. the first look at that. Oh, uh, it had been Sega known, stuff. and there was a teaser trailer out, but we got the first look at gameplay. This game. This uh, game made an impression. I saw mm-hmm. a lot of people talking about it across social media.
1: Streets of Rage is good stuff.
0: It used to be. Uh, we've seen some revivals of classic franchises over the last half decade that have not been great, though.
1: Yeah, but this looks pretty solid. If you're, I mean, it doesn't look like it's doing much beyond what Streets of Rage has always been. But I'm pretty much fine
0: with that. Yeah, I think at this point people are okay with that. Though. Yeah, it's like, hey, if this is just a legit Streets of Rage game, I'm fine with that. And it appears to be that is exactly the case. Yep. It even has the same weird like animation juggles mm-hmm. that the old games had. Uh, So whoever's working on this is doing a pretty good job at keeping it close to the source material and obviously it's the visuals are much better than what we played back in the day. It's hard to believe that there's only that there's only been three of these games after all this time. Any other franchise that's been around that long would be at like number eight or ten by now but not Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage was just on the Genesis. Yep. That was the end of it. Yep. So it's good to see that coming back. The game's looking pretty good. Uh, Next up, Divinity Fallen Heroes. So... Mm -hmm. People know Divinity: Original Sin as one as a genre that that, that franchise is known for, but they're mm-hmm. switching gears with this one. Well, they go back. You
1: know, Divinity goes back. It was you know there was that Ego Draconis one. Yeah, like they, they've gone through all that permutation. Right. There was a like a like a strategy game based on dragon armies at one point. They've they've, they've this franchise has been through a bunch of different versions, but they've uh, never but they finally, had an XCOM clone. No, they've, <laughs> they've, but it seems like they finally found sort of a, a permutation that works with the with the original Sin series and this seems to be spinning off that same aesthetic.
0: Yep, but it's basically XCOM set in the Divinity Universe. Mm. Uh, the plot appears to be canon and it will actually have some relevance to whatever happens later on in the franchise and other genres. So it has some heft to it as far as its value. Uh, the XCOM clone is quickly becoming the most overused genre in the industry though. It is... I would like to see the stats on XCOM clones versus Battle Royale games to see which one is more popular at this point. There is a horror XCOM thing announced this week as well, which looks really cool. And I will say I'm not really burned out on that design yet. I haven't played enough of it to, uh, to kind of get sick of it at this point. But it is starting to become like, I know I have to write a lot of blurbs for curation on Sifted, and I'm to the point where I can't say it's blah, blah, blah in XCOM anymore. Because I've written it so many times, I'm like, all right, I need to find a new way to say this. Uh, But this is another one. I know a lot of people are pretty attached to the Divinity universe, and so maybe that will kind of crack this game open to an audience that other games in that genre don't enjoy. Um, Do you think it's smart to do something like this, to kind of take a property and just completely change the genre? I don't know.
1: I mean, I don't think this supplants Original Sin 3, which I presume is in the works somewhere. Um, you might as well do so if you can. Kind of keep these things coming out, you know, you know, regularly. It's better to, to have the, the world and the franchise front of mind as much as you can. And these these sort of games, I think, would would tie in with someone who liked the original Sin games. They're not they're not you know. I would I would assume someone who likes the Divinity original Sin games uh, probably also likes XCOM. It's sort of a, a PC centric sort of strategy driven thing.
0: It's also a character driven yeah. thing. I mean, if you remember, even with XCOM, it's like you get attached to one of your characters and then they Mm -hmm. die, and it's like the permadeath. I don't know if this will have it. It's a little more dicey when you have characters involved that have been a part of the franchise for a while. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to kill them off and have permadeath. That would be brave if they did do that. But I think... This isn't such a leap for people who have liked Divinity before. No. It's still going to focus on the characters that you've grown to love or hate through yeah, the it's years. It's not a leap
1: in the way it was for, like, Mario Rabbids. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I think it looks pretty cool. I like XCOM games, and uh, I will definitely give this one a spin as well. And like I said, they're prevalent. They're still. It's still not, like, first-person shooter or action RPG, but it's getting there. Mm-hmm. It's certainly becoming one of the more popular genres on PC, at the very least. So uh let's see what's up next risk of rain 2 game had been talked about rumored for quite a while they showed it really they showed a lot of gameplay for the first time at pax east but also had some big announcements so the biggest announcement of all at least in my opinion is that if you buy this game on steam you get an extra code to give to a friend Hmm. so it's a cooperative loot shooter all right yeah because the first one was very cooperative yep and so is this one it's uh, i think it's up to four players maybe more I, th- I think they just show four in the trailer. Like, if you weren't
1: playing cooperative on the first one, you probably weren't getting anywhere. Yeah, you weren't really but playing yeah. it.
0: Yeah, and I, it, it appears that this is the same case with mm-hmm. this one. Uh, you, you're going to need re- to rely on friends and cooperative partners to, to get through the game. Um, and to encourage people to play it cooperatively, you buy it, you get a second copy free that you can give to a friend. So you always have at least one partner to play the game with. Uh, it's kind of interesting to see a loot shooter mm-hmm. like this Instead of a big-budget game like Anthem or Destiny, you don't see a lot of indie takes on this genre, usually. Yeah. Um, but the fir- I mean, the
1: first one was pretty well-received.
0: I, I never like. played it. Did you play the first one? No, but Rob Manuel loved it.
1: So and I trust my- Rob. Yeah, he's my, he's my gauge for indie games I don't play. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> so, like the indie
0: guru. Yeah. I-, I love that he's kind of transformed into that. Um, I did not play the first one at all, but you're right. People seem to really like it. And the hype around this game, since it was shown at PAX, has been huge. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, also, I think, didn't it come out in Early Access? Yeah. So, like, yeah, so people already can get their hands on it. So that'll always help, you know, drive a conversation.
0: Yep. So it is available on Steam right now in Early Access. And like I said, if you buy it, you get a free copy. Uh, So if you feel like you don't have someone to play with, like I did with uh, The Division 2, you don't have to worry about that with this game. You can just give your extra code to somebody else. I wonder Ooh, how they will gonna... then give you excuses
1: for why they can't play today.
0: Yeah, I wonder how they're going to keep people from just selling that code. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's some kind of thing where you have to gift it through Steam, and you Could can't be. just like get the numbers and write them down and give it to somebody. I don't know.
1: I bet it won't work on the Epic Store
0: yeah for sure <laughs> it's a great idea though to do something like that particularly yeah. for a cooperative game where some people i mean this game could flop if people aren't playing together yeah
1: it's a good idea. i mean i've seen it where like you could buy like you get a discount if you buy like four yeah. at once or whatever but this yeah. is a this is a bold move i
0: won't get one free it's really bold uh but you figure with indie games your budgets aren't that big like you can kind of afford if the game goes nuclear you can yeah. afford to give away some copies absolutely so and it's also that other like circle of friends thing where okay two of you are playing this game now even though only one person bought it Mm -hmm. maybe that convinces another friend to buy it and then give his code to somebody and then you got the four and so Mm -hmm. i could see how they would look at it like we maybe we can spread this game like a virus and ultimately become a big success and of course with any game like this the x factor becomes are there loot boxes how is the loot handled uh, that's always the X factor with games in this genre, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And we never know that until a game has been out for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. It takes a little while for people to figure out how the currency works, how you're rewarded for your play, and things like that. So I don't think we'll have a good grasp on that with this game for a while. But just the incentive of buy one, get one free, basically what you could do is you go to a friend and be like, you pay 15 bucks, I pay 15 bucks, just split it, and then you both mm-hmm. get the game for half the price. So... I really like the idea. I like what they're doing with this game. I haven't played it yet, so I can't really pass judgment on it as far as how it plays and how they handle all the loot and everything. But based upon what I've seen, pretty cool. And then the last big indie game, at least in my estimation, that was shown at PAX East, and I'm sure somebody will complain that I I didn't bring something else up. But the other big one that kind of caught my eye was a game called Cyber Shadow. Mm. And I described it on the site as a cross between Ninja Gaiden, Metroid, and Castlevania.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Although it, the main character reminds me of uh, Ninja Spirit. Yeah. Which uh, you only know if you played in the arcade or TurboGrafx-16. Yep. But he looks a lot like the Ninja Spirit guy.
0: But it's a side-scrolling ninja game. Yeah. Um, but can you see where I get the Castlevania from, though?
1: yeah there's a quality of the of the graphics it's weird yeah. it? it's
0: almost got this weird kind of like grain to it that yeah that, that like a lot of the konami ultra games had yeah i don't know how to explain it but i just you look at it you're like that looks like castlevania to yeah, me it's it was like weird.
1: castlevania or or like metal gear or there's a there's a quality to the how they do the 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 sprites yeah.
0: yeah the game looks hard as balls by the way so you know if you're not one of those get good people you may want to investigate this one a little more but a lot of two D games are, are going for that angle now. Just yeah. make it and Dead Cell showed off a new new DLC mm-hmm. at PAX East, which we're not gonna discuss, but worth mentioning at least. Uh, what were your overall impressions of Pax East? Do you think it was a good show?
1: It seemed to be. I mean it, it it had stuff that I noticed even though I wasn't tremendously paying attention to what was happening over there. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty good sign. Like if you know, some stuff popped up that I couldn't ignore. Um there was also some good stuff it was it was separately but like i was because also sort of happening at the same time the sega fez oh, right. thing yeah like there's a lot of good sega stuff at the same time so it was a good it was a good news week for um um kind of retro stuff and more more low-key indie stuff and then if you're Sega bored, genesis mini basically the, the mini looks funny. great yeah, it looks great yeah like, it does uh, it will be the first one of those kind of things of the genesis i buy because they finally got uh some decent sound i yep. got that was it the m2 guys yep. doing that yeah um, good. and they got castlevania bloodlines in there which is yep. the first time castlevania bloodlines has ever been re-released in any form yeah it's crazy um so yeah i'm definitely on board for that one that was a good good announcement i, I don't think that was pa- I wasn't pax but yeah. like it was still sort of in the same days but uh no it was pretty good i haven't been to a pax in a very long time probably since like 2014 but uh
0: yeah it's been at least that long for me yeah but i like PAX. i miss it actually yeah i always like pax yeah. pax is like
1: pax is the one like kind of convention thing i we would cover every year that i'm like you know i'd go to this on even if own. i didn't have to yeah. go to work
0: for work yeah, yeah
1: it's a, it's a good they were good places they were good kind of positive places and everyone you know everyone was very friendly we never had the only time we ever had any problems with like jerks or whatever is when we go out to the bars in boston at pax east and that wasn't pax east attendees that was just boston people like Sam, like Sam, <laughs> like I don't know. It's like there's just people, just people trying to start fights in bars for yeah. no reason. I don't know what who the hell. Start fighting anyone? gamers. Well, we were producers. We didn't, you know, <laughs> right. we, weren't, we weren't like yeah. sitting there in our anime game shirts or anything. We we're just yeah. trying to have a drink, and people just was like, hey, are you? Who are you?" It's just like I don't. Who are you? Who cares? I, like, who cares?
0: <laughs> I don't care who you are. <laughs> Why do you care who I am? Uh, you know, I think back, like I, you know, I used to have to go to every convention, every event. And since I launched Sitten, I don't do hardly any of that anymore because there's just really no reason uh, for us to go because it's really expensive and you end up getting the same stuff everybody mm-hmm. else. There's just really little, little reason. Like the Once journalists it, who still go on these things, they're going because they still they want to travel and they want to. It's not see really, everybody. And yeah, it's, kind it's not of a for work. So, it's a it's social not social thing. Yeah, it's not that they're going to um, get more better coverage if they go. And it became less and
1: less useful as like, you know, cameras became more you know, there was a time when we were like one of the three people with cameras at right. these things. Yeah. And now everybody's got a camera. Everyone's well now, doing their own. F- after questions. the
0: event's over, they put out their own interview that yeah. they shot and cut. And because they're all going off of a bullet pointed list of what they can or cannot talk about it's they provide the same information as GameSpot or IG. Yeah. There's just
1: no reason. So it's just it's become like uh, like movie junkets. Yeah. Where you just everybody lines up in a hotel ballroom and asks the same question. It even was starting to get to a, a
0: point in in some of these games events, they would do the same thing as some movie junkets where you didn't even bring your own crew. Right. They had everything set up. And you come in, and you do your interview, and yeah. then they just hand just you the hand file. You the file, yeah. Yeah, they're like, we don't want your crews in here messing all this crap up. When you think about it, I mean, it is a more efficient way to do it. It is, the, but yeah. it, it makes it impossible to personalize your content. You're getting right. the same thing as everybody else. So once that started, I was like, and I'm launching Sifted. I'm like, there's no reason for us to spend money going to these things. So in hindsight, I'm like, okay, well, what conventions do I miss that I don't really attend anymore? And I don't really miss any of them. I went to all of them so many times that... I had already gotten to the point where I'm not really seeing anything changing or anything new when I go to these anymore. The one that I do miss, though, is PAX. Mm. And unfortunately, it is a convention that does not happen in L.A. or San Francisco. It's all the way in Seattle. So the, yep. the yep. cost to go to that or to Boston is more expensive. We got a Borderlands 3 box, box art reveal from Mario 64. Rating pending. Did anyone ever figure out if uh, Borderlands was rated M? I guarantee it is M? you it's an M. Yeah. Um, but PAX is the one that I do miss. It's the one that I wish I would still go to if I could rationalize it from a business perspective. But mm-hmm. I mean, I can just look at the traffic on Sifted during any of the PAXs, and that's enough to tell me that going there for work is not a good decision. Yeah. It's mostly indie stuff, and people don't really watch yeah, that much. Well, I used much. to feel that
1: way also when we would, even when we cover like E3 and stuff on G4, and like we'd be having the crews ro- roaming around the floor. But then I'd see some kid with like a monopod and a phone like taping the same thing or whatever i'm just like he's gonna have that up before we do oh yeah way before like he's just gonna, he's gonna put that up now yeah you know we're we, gotta, we, Literally, take, we gotta, his t- cell phone <laughs> yeah we got to take it to the edit trailer and then we got to bring it back and air it at like 5 p.m this afternoon and by that point it's going to be old news
0: i mean that was one of the things that we did at gt that another thing that we did first was shooting off screens mm-hmm. we were like the first people to do it like get good cameras hire crews and just shoot stuff off screens yeah i remember like because that was like and you know it was verboten
1: for a long time and finally i'm, I'm like we can't get footage of this like directly so just to shoot off the screen and like the the bosses were like well my like, game trailers does it all the time and game trailers is kicking our ass so yeah. let's go ahead
0: and do it so like you know and we got good at it like we yeah. all our camera crews got really good at balancing the image we got really good at capturing audio from it we t- we'd take lav mics just yeah. to tape to the speakers and like like, sometimes it was hard to tell that we had shot the no, stuff off screen. Yeah,
1: I, I remember we, there would be times where I'm like, here, this is off the screen. And they're like, that's not off the screen. I'm like, it yeah, is off the screen. Like, yeah. People couldn't tell. Some people couldn't tell.
0: It's something else that we did that everyone started copying. And then after we did that for a while, we were like, because you're right, you start thinking about it. You're like, why are we going to take this back to the edit bay? We have to bring somebody in to do a stand-up to introduce it. Mm-hmm. We have to shoot that. We have to send all that back in. It has to be cut. It, 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 it was just like, why? And so we started just when developers, instead of doing interviews, we were like, no, 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 you play the game and talk while you play the game. And we started developer walkthroughs. And now everybody does that when they go to events. They let the developer play through the game and now it's a thing. So um, it it is crazy how you start to reevaluate, how you start covering that stuff as what the industry gives you starts to change. And uh, because of that, because the industry was like, look, everyone's getting the same thing. Like it got to the point where I would go and do interviews the way I had always done them. And people would pull me aside afterwards and be like, hey, like, that's really not what we're going for here. I'm like, I don't care what you're going for. Hmm. I, I know what we want. I know what coverage we want. And if you're not going to answer the questions, that's fine. But I'm going to ask them. And once I started getting resistance and pushback, like, bro, you're asking questions that other people aren't asking and you're not falling in line i was like well with sifted why would i ever do that it's Mm. like we can't get anything that anybody else can't there's no point to go so uh, but pax is the one convention that i wish i was still able to go to but from a money perspective from a time perspective it just doesn't make sense for me to do it so it'd be great if they ended up doing one in socal but The PAX West is in Seattle, so it just seems like yeah, that's where they're from. Yeah, and, and it's close enough flight
1: from California. I don't see a need for California. Once. Well, it's still
0: a three-hour flight to Seattle. Mm. I mean, you got to realize, like, the on the The guys live Coast, there, though, so. Right, but on the East Coast, there isn't even really a, a three-hour flight. Like, you could fly from, from Philly to Florida, Miami, in, like, an hour and 40 minutes. So, like, on the East Coast, every flight is short. A mm-hmm. three-hour flight on the West Coast, that's pretty long, actually yeah yeah i just don't see it happening. you have you can do it though it's like i i am right now i have worked i counted it yesterday i've worked 19 days straight without a day off like i just don't have time off so for me to say oh i'm gonna go up to seattle for four days and hang around and play game, like it's just not even mm-hmm. a, an option for me even though i know i could go there and get coverage that no one would ever watch <laughs> uh, it's just not worth it so i do miss pax i don't really miss tokyo game show i miss tokyo i don't miss tokyo game show no i would miss e3 if it tokyo were to game go away. show was always the excuse yeah to go right yeah i just want to go to japan yeah <laughs> i would miss e3 if it went away um all the other stuff though like game awards and all i don't care about any of that stuff anymore i just don't i've done mm-hmm. it so many times it's like let the people who haven't gone go you know let to them be honest, experience I'm, it. I'm kind of hitting that point with e3 too so. really you're yeah. almost at the breaking point with E3.
1: I would be kind of confined, like, for E3, like, watching the press conferences, going to the parties, hanging out, like, out, off the floor at, like, the places, like, I know, like, Everyone people knows. I know hangs yeah. out, but, like, and has their meetings and does their things. Um, the show floor just isn't really all that useful to me anymore.
0: Yeah, because you got to wait in line to play everything. You yeah. can't just walk up and play stuff anymore. Well, so. it's also so
1: crowded now that, like, you don't, I don't even see people... Because that was one of the other things. Like you could walk, I could walk the floor, and I run into you know just walk across any hall, and I'd run into like six people I knew on the way across. And now you don't because like a it's so crowded, and b a lot of the people I know that I would see that way don't go to the floor anymore because it's so crowded.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting too. Plus, we're you know it used to be back in the game trailers days. If I was at E three and I walked across the floor. It was just constantly people going, Shane, Shane, Shane from Game Channel. Like, people don't know who I am at all anymore. No. I can walk through E3 and nobody even bats an eyelash now. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that fans bother me or, or ever did, but it was like a lot of times you're trying to work and you're walking with a crew of like four people and you're fighting through and you're trying to get your talent set up and people are like asking you and like it made it doing the job a lot more difficult. Now I can go to E3 and just waltz on through. And meanwhile, I'll, I'll see like, the YouTuber walked by mm-hmm. and the group of people following the YouTuber. And I'm like, have fun. yeah, <laughs> Have fun with that. Uh, it's interesting how, how things have changed. But uh, one thing that hasn't changed is that PAX is an awesome convention. And uh, we've said it before on the show, but if there's one thing that you go to in the U.S., PAX should be the one that you go to. It's the one where you're going to actually meet with other people like you. You're going to actually get get to play games. You're going to be able to hang out. It's not this weird, like... There are lines, mm-hmm. and they also kind of. But there's stuff to do when you're not in line there. They also do decent late night stuff. Yeah, which is
1: like a lot of conventions kind of shut down around nine. Yep. But... Like
0: PAX spills out into Seattle. Yeah. So all the bars and restaurants around it, the, all the people are there. All the people you, you saw at the show are there. At E3, after E3 ends, it's just like a ghost town. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. Where would all those people go? A lot of them go back to work or whatever. Some go back to work. Some of them go back to
1: LA. You know, LA Live is a yeah. is place to. But a lot of it, you know, people go back to, a you lot know, of them stay in, like, Hollywood, like, you know, which is further away from downtown L.A. than you think it is if you've never been here. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, like, people that kind of go off to do their own thing. Um, it's L.A. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff to do here, and a lot of it's out of downtown. Yeah. So.
0: Almost all of it is out of downtown. It's amazing
1: to see, like, you know, there's people I know who, like, basically come here basically for E3, and that's it, and, like, their entire picture of it, mental picture of L.A., is downtown LA which is which is not the least LA part of LA yeah like I remember taking some some like they came to the G4 office and we went to go get lunch and we walked down to to where we're going and we you know the walk from the old G4 office was like it was a neighborhood it was like oh my god there's trees and houses I'm like yes people (laughs) people live here it's not blade runner I don't like I don't
0: there are a lot of misconceptions about LA for people who have never been here so uh so anyway letter grade for PAX East 2019 what do you give it I didn't pay enough attention to grade it. I, I, wow. I don't feel qualified. I feel that. like it was an average PAX, yeah. so I'll give it a C. All right. Um, it, it had, like, a couple big games, AAA games, and then mostly indie stuff. None of the indie stuff blew my mind. It all looked solid and good, but nothing blew my mind, so it gets a C for me. Mm-hmm. Only one grade for this one. Yeah.
1: I should note that, like, I had a very busy week yeah. for a lot of unforeseen reasons, so yeah, yeah. I am not as up on things as I normally am, but I will try to remain entertaining. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're pretty good at that. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game that I don't think is ever going to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but reports are stating, and from reliable sources, that George R.R. R. Martin of Game of Thrones fame, well, not Game of Thrones fame, the Song of Ice and Fire, is that the name of the book? Yeah, that's the name of the
1: book series, yeah. Uh,
0: the author of the Game of Thrones books is working on a game with From Software. Is there a more unlikely marriage on the face of planet Earth then somehow George R.R. R. Martin coming into contact with From Software.
1: I don't know, like, you know, the dark fantasy thing is kind of in place there. I, no, I, I see why, I see how it makes sense, but it's one of those things where it's like, I hope you don't have him on a deadline, because yeah. it's just not going
0: <laughs> to. That's why I don't believe it's true.
1: To be fair, he'd only have to write, like, maybe, like, a quarter of a book, and they just pepper it through, and, like, not little, even little, 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 notes through little, little notes to the whole thing. books are gigantic. Little notes to the whole thing, and you're done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it could be something as simple as, like, they're going to have him come up with the premise or That's something. That's possible. You know? like,
0: and then slather his name on it like right. he did more but than some, actually did. But other did. people are
1: going to actually write this stuff. You know what I mean? Kind of like what um, happened with Kingdoms of Amalur, where they brought in, um, uh, what's his name, R.A. Salvatore. Yeah, yeah. To, like, do the, the, yeah, the yeah. world and kind of design the the narrative of what it was. And then I think most of the game was actually written by, you Folks know, that were at the studio. Yeah, studio people. Because um, so I could see it be like that, because you don't... Look, you don't want to depend on this man for, you know, the actual script, I don't think, because the dude... Look, I, I mean, I know everybody's mad... You don't want
0: mad. to depend on him for anything! Right,
1: well, I know everybody's mad at him for he's not getting these books out of her. But it's like, look, man, if I was in my 60s or whatever, and I'd be toiling away on these stupid fantasy books my whole life, and finally one of them hit it big... And like I had all this money, and everybody knew who I was, I could do whatever I wanted. Hell yeah, I wouldn't sit down and write for the rest. I'd be like, ah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna travel and do my thing, and then I'm gonna die, and then you you all can fuck off. (laughs) Pretty much. That's basically what I think. It's basically. I mean, I think he'll get the next one out like next year or something. But will we ever see the final book, seven? No No way. No way. No way.
0: Honestly, especially I think, once
1: the show ends this year, and he's like, "Oh, it'll be different." But who cares? I, I mean, yeah. See, I think what I still happened. Go watch the show; you're done. Once
0: the show lapped him, yeah, he had no incentive anymore to finish the books. It's yeah. like, wait a minute, you know the story now, because I, I told the producers of the show what Yeah, what's they have the original
1: framework. Or yeah, they
0: know what he, he's doing And I think write. it's
1: also a combination of like, I think he's maybe might be kind of waiting to see how they end it, and then I think he's going to do something different. because uh, um, people ine-
0: inevitably. A certain segment of the fans are going to be angry, right. and so he'll he'll pacify them by giving them the end the ending that the half of the fans that are angry wanted.
1: Oh, I don't think that's what will happen. Tomorrow. No, no, he doesn't give a shit about what the fans. Oh, uh, okay, good. He's just going to he'll he'll just decide what he doesn't like about how uh, they end okay. the show, and he'll write it his way. Um, even if it's completely different from what he originally intended. Because remember, this is also the man who got very annoyed that people guessed the Jon Snow twist. Right. Even though it was like foreshadowed from like book one. Like, it yeah. was like, if you are paying attention at all reading those books, you know basically where he's going with that. And it annoyed him that people called that. Well, and if you I'm go like, back But, watch but, the but first that just means seasons. you wrote it correctly. Right. Like, that just you did means a good you job. Knew you know where you're going. Yeah. Like, but, it's yeah. called foreshadowing. Yeah. If
0: you go back and watch the first two seasons of Game of Thrones now, it will blow your mind. At the foreshadowing that is in there. It's all there. All of it. Yeah. It's crazy that that plan was so in place when they started. It's called good storytelling. It is. It's the the opposite of what Lost did. It is. No, you're right. And it's the opposite of what's happening with The Walking Dead and a lot of other big shows.
1: You can't tell a mystery story if you don't know who done it.
0: Yeah, it's true. JJ. Um, Yeah. So back to what you were saying, though, this actually is kind of a perfect marriage. Because Mm -hmm. if you look at like Dark Souls, that world kind of matches with game of thrones it's this dark fantasy sci-fi ish but very dark brooding gritty mm-hmm. i mean this could be a game of thrones game
1: you could, you could it wouldn't take too much of adaptation right down to the giant raven every
0: right that's what i'm saying like it, it's like why wouldn't from just make a game of thrones video game yeah
1: it could it could work
0: it could really work yeah and don't, I don't know who has the license for that right now. I mean, I don't... It's probably floating out there right now. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Because I, I Telltale, obviously... Yeah, I don't know if
1: anyone's working on something directly. Because they did the, that, the action RPG, and Telltale did their thing. Yeah, I don't know who has that. I mean, it could be just... Maybe that's what's happening. Could be. <laughs> maybe they're making a Game of Thrones video game. I mean, if they... Well, they would have to be, If they're only involved with him, it would have to be a Song of Ice and Fire Right, and, right, yeah. That doesn't draw on the... It would be like... How you remember how there was like the back in the day the license for the Lord of the Rings movies was different from the license right. for the books so there yeah. were like there were like games Tolkien. coming out at the same time that were based on the books the but books. not the yeah, movies right. so like,
0: yeah I do remember that yeah and it got really confusing yeah.
1: like there was like a there was like a Fellowship of the Ring but it wasn't based on the books so it had like Tom Bombadil in it like just and there was an RTS there was an RTS like War of the Ring that was came out around the same time as like the battle for middle earth games but they were not based on the movies so they were completely quote original designs that were based on the wars in the books right uh, like so it could be something like that but i don't know how they're how they're set the, their licensing setup works but the other thing is like well, it looks we, like we probably, somehow
0: got lord of the Rings. we probably
1: Dale. never need to worry about this <laughs> like, really in terms of him i don't mean maybe they'll put it out if, if he's doing like a consultant thing and yeah that's probably going to happen but like what is this? You know, what are they doing? Is it a, a new series? Probably. Is it Game of Thrones? Probably not, because I think they'd really need to have HBO's involvement if that happened. Um, Wish they could. I mean, it, it could, could but I feel like that would have been announced as part of it as well.
0: Yeah, because they're coming into the final season here a couple weeks. I can't believe it's two weeks yeah. away from the final season of Game of Thrones. Yeah,
1: chances are I think we're dealing with some... If, if this thing ends up existing, it's going to be a new IP that just has his name all over it. George R. R. Martin's... Blah, 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 something blah. of Ice yeah. and Fire or something. George R. 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 Martin's <laughs> dimly lit spiritual <laughs> spirits or something like yeah,
0: that. I mean, if it's up to scratch, which it's a from game, which means it probably will. I mean, do you think it would sell better than bloodborne and dark souls and sekiro uh, i don't know or do you think fans would reject it because it was based on some other ip well,
1: i don't think it would be based on some other ip i think it'd be a new thing right, but let's, let's
0: say it's based on the books do you think from software fans would embrace it or reject it
1: i don't know depends what it was Dep- if it was just another souls game hosed down in game of thrones juice then probably
0: they would reject it they would take it they would take it yeah but yeah. then you wonder, okay, if you make this game, can it be a From Software game? Because you think of how many casual people are gonna pick it up and play it.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, this might be the final, the real test of uh, From putting an easy mode in something. Right, right, yeah. But, um, I don't think it. I don't think it's Game of Thrones. I think it's a, a new thing. Just, just gonna have his name on it. That's you know. weird. Well, I don't think he has. I don't know if he even has the the the, the rights to do that. That's frankly. true.
0: Well, I mean, he probably has the rights for the books, right? He hasn't given those up. I think he sold the rights to to
1: adaptations and stuff to HBO. I mean, I think they they control that for the most part. Interesting. And also, like, if you do that, that that would just be confusing. Okay, so, like, Jamie doesn't look like himself and nobody looks like the actors. Like, you know, I feel like that would cause more confusion than just making something new. Which was was a
0: problem with the uh, Lord of the Rings stuff. yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, it makes more sense to me to just, like, have him come up with some world and characters and they can just turn it into a, you know, a game along the lines of what they do. And sure, more from software, cool. Or they could just completely pull the rug out from under us and he's doing Armored Core 7. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Who knows?
0: I would say this, though. Typically, when you bring in people from outside games to work on stuff like this, it usually doesn't work out very well. Like, if you just take their name, it's fine. Tom Clancy, Mm -hmm. fine. Slap his name on a military shooter, makes sense. Well, to be
1: fair, that's how he had been operating for years already. Right. He hadn't written his own books and, like, 10 years who tom break. clancy yeah yeah he's just putting his name by the time it. ubisoft started making all that stuff right. it was like he, he was a brand he was not the author really. but you
0: look at del toro his many forays into games none of it has ever worked out yeah well he tries he tries but that's what i'm saying it just seems like it never works out as well as you would expect whenever something like that happens
1: yeah Yeah. but this isn't like trying to get a direct a major film director in. i mean boom Blocks was pretty good it was. Oh, Spielberg. But I question um,
0: how much he had to do with that game. Well,
1: exactly. That's kind of how I feel about this. Is like, yeah. you know, he's probably going to write up some stuff on some napkins and yeah. they'll get to slap his name on the box. And He'll make be a couple the, million. From the, maker, from the creator of Game of Thrones, here's, you know.
0: From Software's next game. From Software's <laughs> next title. Soul yeah. Games. Right. of
1: <laughs> Soul Games of, of Seats Thrones. of Power.
0: Soul Games of Thrones. Yeah, so what, what probability would you put that, on it that this rumor is true? Oh, is it just a what rumor percentage? now? What percentage? I mean, it is just a rumor. It hasn't been officially announced by From yeah. or anyone else. I don't know. I mean, it makes. I'd probably give it like a 50-50. It makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's not a partnership that makes me go, what? Yeah. Like it, would, like, it would be... I mean, it's weird that they're this kind of niche Japanese developer, and somehow they've found each other. That's strange mm. to me, but kind of awesome.
1: I the way From kind of works, I I can see George R. R. Martin thinking of himself sort of as a similar thing. Yeah, yeah. Even though he's you know, he's his thing is the biggest TV show in history or whatever. Yeah. But I can see him still thinking of himself as sort of like the dark fantasy niche guy. Right. And like so that would when you present like what From Software is to him, he's like, Oh, and show him some Dark Souls footage. He'd be like, Oh yeah, that's totally wonderful. Or
0: show him footage of me playing Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> be like, Oh yeah, that's that's right in my wheelhouse, I wanna make everybody that angry. <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would put it also at about 50 Seems it—it's
1: plausible. Mm. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, but it also wouldn't surprise me if it was like maybe they had a meeting and someone reported that, and it didn't—you know—it doesn't turn into anything. We never hear about it again. That could happen. Yeah.
0: It, and speaking of which, um, it wasn't in the first episode. Cause the first episode was all about Google Stadia, but the second episode of Pactor Factor from the round we just shot, he goes in depth about what happened with the whole Sony Take Two rumor. Which is interesting. Mm. So look for that next week, sifters, in next week's Factor Factor.
1: Yeah, he did kind of have a, a ground floor. He view definitely of that.
0: did. He has an interesting story to tell about what happened there. So look for that next week. Uh right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about April Fools. Yep. <laughs> for whatever reason, the gaming industry has embraced April Fools' Day like no other entertainment industry. I don't know
1: why. I think it com- comes out of that EGM tradition. Back when EGM used to do those April Fools, it would like fool people. They put tons of effort into it. those. The the classic uh, um, uh, Sheng Long joke. Yeah, I mean they, they did great.
0: Well, they did good I ones. I mean,
1: when they put that issue out, like I went to the arcade and everybody was trying to do that. Yeah, like that. Like everybody, because <laughs> you know, there was a picture. Yeah, no one had ever yeah, done that before.
0: Yeah, no one had ever done a bullshot shot yeah. before.
1: I, I mean, I enjoy, I mostly enjoy the April Fool's stuff. Like, I don't really understand why like people get so mad about it. Like, yeah, I don't either. Like, people get so angry and like, oh, it's stupid lies day, and I was like, just just sit Go with it. Just sit back for a day, for yeah. God's sake. It's
0: fun. Like, <laughs> it is fun. Like my first when I started working at Gamespot back in 2000, uh, I got the first taste of video game April Fools. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a news editor. I was writing up news stories, and I would literally write like 30 news stories a day. Because like, they just sent a press release, and I just, we'd just rewrite the press release. And then we'd call and try to get a quote. They'd always say, we're not going to give you a quote. And I'd just run with it where we had. And the first April Fool's, I was head down, cranking through news stories. And, you know, another day where I had to like write 30 news stories in a day. And one of the stories that I sent on to my editor was an April Fool's joke. And I had no idea. Hmm. Like, I had no idea it was a thing in the games industry. And it was reported on by, like, IGN or something like that. And I'm like, well, it's an IGN story. They vet all their stuff. It should be good. Sent it to my editor, and he emails me back. He's like, this is an April Fool's joke. And Mm. I was like, really? And he's like, oh, absolutely. And I was like, I had no no idea. So that was my indoctrination into the gaming April Fool's thing. And it has just kept going year after year. Like, do movies really do stuff like this? Uh, sometimes you get like a like a
1: fake fan film of something yeah. or a trailer or something, but not too much.
0: Like the actual studios will do it or a fan will do it? Both.
1: Like okay. sometimes you'll get stuff from studios. The other thing that happens a lot is like they'll, people will like the April Fools will go up and like people will actually like it and like It'll turn into a turn real product. Real <laughs> I think like the the original one I can think of for that was uh I think it was was it Think Geek did the the Tauntaun sleeping bag. Oh, right. And that became a real thing within like a year. I can understand
0: why that would be. <laughs> uh,
1: and then the, they, BioWare, uh, one of their previous April Fool's jokes became a real thing. This April Fool's, they started selling uh, uh, Garrus body pillows, life-size Garrus body pillows. Did they? Yeah. Because that was, that was a joke a couple a year or two ago, and they, they you can actually they did buy it. them now.
0: Interesting. Um, So there were literally dozens and dozens of jokes yesterday. I mean, the main problem, games. I guess, is
1: that a lot of them is like, mean, a lot of them are just dumb. Yeah. Like if like a really well produced or well thought out one can be one of the best things of the year sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes it's just like, you know, like like the Kirby thing was pretty good.
0: I didn't even see that.
1: It was they they did like a Kirby Box Boy swap thing that oh, Kir- I didn't even see Kirby that. was going to be a square now. Basically. Oh, I totally missed that. But it was like a Box Boy reference. That sucks. We're not going to talk it about it. I, I missed that somehow. So that was—I think that was the first one I saw, even though I couldn't quite get like 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 some. T- I, can't, well, I remember who the, what the tweet was. But some tweet was like like I woke up this morning and Elon Musk had put out a song about um, uh, Harambe the gorilla and uh, and um, uh, Jim Carrey is in a beef with the granddaughter of Mussolini. And like neither of those were jokes. so I don't know how to do <laughs> April Fools anymore. I don't know what's real anymore. So. That's
0: funny. Well, there were a bunch of April Fool's gags, trailers, jokes, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of these are, in fact, all of these are on Sifted. Uh, and we're just going to go through them. And these are the ones that I kind of picked as my favorites. So this is uh, the Control Technicolor filter. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like this is pretty obvious. Like, you know yeah. right away that this is not going to be in the actual game. Oh, I bet it will be. Oh, you think it will be? I bet mean, you can know, have like, like yeah, an extra. Or something. So. Why not? If they did it. Yeah, why I mean, not? if it's already there, why yeah. not? Uh, stuff like this, though, it's like it's pretty easy to pull off. It's kind of like the lowest-hanging fruit for April mm-hmm. Fool's jokes. Like, I and, like
1: the—I always like the ones that send people on the goose chase, like EGM's the Sheng Long, or when they when they did the one of um, Sonic and Tails being in Smash Brothers. Like, those are
0: my right. favorites. And now here's IGN's. Now this one, I would say, required the most work. Mm-hmm. Did you see this? This is the fake Direct yeah, thing. So yeah, so IGN did a fake Nintendo Direct, and they did a really, really good job on it. They've got all the beats, they've got all the sound effects, and the story, and and again, what usually gives a lot of these away is the fact that whatever they're announcing is so unbelievable that you mm. just know it's not true. And that was the case with this. Basically, the whole story is every Zelda game ever is coming to Switch. And the, the title of it was Everything's Coming to Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that they cut it together the aesthetics of it they pretty much nailed the whole thing um so i thought IGen did a pretty good job no other outlets really even tried yeah. so yeah
1: the, the only issue with it is like this would be great if it actually happened so you're, right. you're a little sad that it's not <laughs> real
0: there's that hint of melancholy yeah. in the background it's always but, pervading but the
1: best humor always has it, yeah a, it a does little, it a does little, a, little, a little tinge of it yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> But I thought this was a great job by IGN. Again, like, the graphics are all identical, and I'm sure they just ripped them from the real directs yeah. or whatever.
1: That's still, like, some edit, some After Effects guy worked a long time on Absolutely.
0: Guess. Yeah, and they even had, like, the ESRB thing at the mm. beginning. Like, they went the full Monty. Uh, and I was pretty impressed with what, uh, what, with what IGN did. Uh, it's certainly a lot more complicated than, like, this. So this is Rainbow Six Siege. Um, Rainbow is magic. And I think this might, it, it's been very hard to figure out whether a lot of this stuff is actually in the game or not. Because always they, they act like it's in the game. Mm-hmm. But then some of them are. Like, like For Honor had like rabbits in it yesterday. And it was actually in the yeah. game. Like you could actually go play For Honor and there were rabbits in the game just for that day. Now this Rainbow Skin for Rainbow Six, is it in? I don't know. I, I didn't boot it up to check it out. But... It looks real, real legit. All of this stuff does though. Um, And here is Rage. Rage's thing was we're turning it into NBA Jam, and so they (laughs) got the announcer from NBA Jam to basically narrate this trailer. And it's called like uh, Rage Two on Fire. Yeah, on Mm -hmm. Fire cheat code. And they look, they've set it up like a like a like NBA Jam. Like it again awesome like I love that publishers were like you know what we're going to dedicate some budget to this and we're going to like work with the development team and then we're going to have like an editor cut this thing to get like I'd love that publishers take the time to do this despite the fact that they are under the gun to get the actual video game done and this, you should watch yeah, hopefully this.
1: Hopefully, this means Rage Two is in pretty good shape.
0: Yeah, that's actually that's a good point. Actually, maybe it is a sign that it's moving along according to schedule. Uh, I highly recommend watching this. So the actual guy who does the NBA Jam voiceover voices this trailer, mm-hmm. uh, and they do a really clever job with it. Um, here is Hearts of Iron Four, mm. and they d- <laughs> did like a Sharknado thing. <laughs> Which is <laughs> extra funny if you know this game at all because it's
1: it's a super dry map exactly. strategy game. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: like a 4X strategy yeah. game. It is. It's super dry. It's, like, historical. And they were like, you know what? We're just going to do a Sharknado thing, which I, I think is great. And it shows that they don't take themselves too mm-hmm. seriously. Uh, and, and, like, they went all in. It's like you could have just done the cinema they showed the Sharknado, but then they actually went in and, like, messed with, like, the other parts of the game. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Sharkstorm. Yeah. Yeah um and then next and final is final fantasy 14 smart home assistant (laughs) so square enix made a fake commercial for like a google home assistant or an alexa but it's for final fantasy 14 and this is the best one as far as comedic value is concerned because the home assistant it, it acts like it lives in like final fantasy 14 so everything it says has some kind of like medieval like context to it or some way it relates it to to high fantasy so it's like oh i need toothpaste and it'll be like oh but we use blah 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 to brush our teeth or whatever so i thought this was probably the most clever and fun and definitely the one that took the most effort money and commitment and there was a couple other ones there was like payday the guys from payday did a fake like payday royale like a battle royale for payday um there's those, one those guys,
1: those guys should probably just concentrate on surviving absolutely <laughs> right. yeah they're in bad
0: shape like I, they don't have the time to do something like that and then there was one that people are still confused on whether it's real or not and that was our type final two yeah um, i thought that was real I didn't... some people think it's real the, the
1: downside of april 1st is that it's the day after the fiscal right year ends. Yeah. you know so a lot of things <laughs> do get announced that day that are real but you don't know like what yeah it's that true. is i guess that is kind of the, the real frustration is like some of, like you want to say stuff the day after your fiscal year ends, but you're like, oh, I guess we better wait till the second. You know,
0: I highly recommend watching this. By the way, it's on Sifted. You can you can look for Final Fantasy XIV's page, or just search for Final Fantasy XIV. It'll come up. It is really really funny. And my winner for best April Fools. But I I didn't see the Kirby box boy thing, unfortunately.
1: I, the Kirby thing was not as like heavily produced. So yeah. It's not as big. It was just kind of a neat. Uh, I just thought it was funny that they're like, okay, well, our big
0: announcement is a Kirby is a square now. Like, that's, <laughs> I think that's funny. Like, yeah, on a very on a very base level, I, I can see that. So, there you go. That's April Fool's Day in video games, 2019. Uh, they've done it again, and they're going to keep doing it probably until I'm long gone. They'll still be doing April Fool's Day gaming. I still think it's odd that just gaming does this, though. everybody everybody. Like tons of companies do it. Like all through Twitter. I mean, especially if you
1: pay attention to Twitter. Like all, all the fast food ones, had some. You know, McDonald's did the all pickle burger, uh, which like, I, which, which pissed a bunch of people off because I guess a bunch of people actually do want an all pickle burger. Um, <laughs> it's called the Mcpickle. It was just, it was just, it was a, it was like a Big Mac, but the the patties were all replaced pickles. with just, just chunks of pickle slices. Um, it's yeah, no, it's 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 pretty. Con- I mean, that's the thing is like that's. I think that's where some of the rage comes from. It's just like. You know, you have these like humorless, like giant mega corporations, and all of a sudden they think they're funny for one day a right. year, and often they are not. Yeah. But
0: In fact, but everyone's almost, so always like, they are the not the one
1: out of a thousand that's like a really good one that like, kind of makes
0: it worth it to like me. Like Wendy's Twitter. Yeah, Twitter account is pretty funny. Those are pretty. But I, that's like every day.
1: There was a pretty good one from Arby's too. Arby's is pretty on point most of the time.
0: You know, somebody told me this week that I never realized Arby's is R B for roast beef. Yeah, roast beef. I never knew that. Yeah, your, Learn something new every day. That's your Miles Prower <laughs> for me. I never knew it, that. It took me
1: almost 10 years to figure that out.
0: I never knew it. And somebody like posted it on Facebook the other day, and I was like, really?
1: Yeah, Arby's I knew. It but does
0: kind of make sense.
1: Tails' real name took me almost a decade to understand because yeah. of the way EGM wrote it. Right.
0: Yeah. Did it's you? funny, though, how EGM... Back then, the day just set the tone for yeah. everything. Like they were the Bible, man. Like
1: yeah, well, I'm, it was their Sonic Two preview, and they said yeah. they were going through. You know, and Tails was kind of a thing because, like, oh, Sonic's got a friend. Like that's what, that yeah. was weird that it was. Before, we didn't know, we didn't know yet what was that, what the Sonic friend thing was going to turn into. But they said my, his name was Miles Tails Prower. Get it? And I was like, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> get, what does that mean? And it wasn't until Sonic Adventure where they just said Miles Prower without the Tails in the middle. Right. Oh, oh yeah oh, you know, like, and so yeah that was like most of my life half my life i spent not understanding my
0: uh, tails name joke it is hard to believe though that there was a time in this industry where one publication just ruled everything yeah. and i was watching a uh, podcast the other day where it was like a, a podcast with this, this skater named mike Ballaly. And he's old school. He's been around since like the early days. And he started telling a story about when he first started getting into skating, he went over to some kid's house and the kid had a Thrasher magazine. Mm-hmm. And Thrasher was the same way for skateboarding. Like it was just this thing that came out every month. And the ads that were in. it, you knew, you knew every issue. Front to back, you knew mm-hmm. every ad that was in it. You knew every everything, and it's. I mean, I
1: wasn't even into skating, but I knew Thrasher. Yeah, I, and, I, I and
0: EGM was the same way. It was just this Bible for this scene. That just basically dictated how it was perceived from the outside and yep. from the inside. It was like 1990,
1: like 94. It was basically like EGM was the end all. Yeah, be-all. it's crazy. The least in English publications.
0: We'll never see anything like that ever again. Yeah. Like it just won't happen with just the way media is now, and the 24-hour news cycle and everything. Like it was just yeah. a moment I mean, in and time. It and was,
1: it was just like the the prominence of some of this. It was. I mean, I remember one E3 when we were getting outside journalism help for because we had expanded, in... it was the. It was the Santa Monica one. It was when everything was moved yeah. out to Buckingham. And they assigned me to to basically be the producer. would go around. So we had journalists, like actual game journalists, doing the interviews and kind of doing the sit-down stuff with the prominent people. And I remember, like, my was assigned to, to Dan Shu, And I was like, holy shit, I'm with Dan Shu!" <laughs> like, I was a little starstruck. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've met, like, real celebrities and all this stuff. Yeah. But I was working with Dan Shu. and working, like, with I, Shue. Yeah. working with Shue. Working with was like, you know, the, you know, the guys that, like, that, like made me kind of, like, go, oh, my God, was, like, Dan Shu And, like um uh andy Eddy and like the guys sushi i read x sushi x that was everybody <laughs> but that was like you know the guys i read growing up were yeah. like oh like what what is what does Shu think about this game yeah. i want to know what well, he you cared and what he game. thought yeah absolutely and now i'm like now i'm producing his interview with kazerai i was crazy and now he's working at blizzard yeah <laughs> but um no
0: egm the cachet of egm was for that, for mega. that was
1: huge mega huge. absolutely
0: it started this we're talking about april fool's on a video game podcast yeah. in 2019 because of you, Largely because of that, That's yeah. crazy. So there you go. All right, let's move along. We got a lot to get to still and not a ton of time left. Uh, let's see what's up next. We're going to talk about another rumor that came out, but this one, I believe, like, 100%. And that is, I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm so conditioned to not share this. Uh, and that was Jason Schreier reported right. this week that the both the PlayStation 5 and the next Xbox, if you want to call it Xbox 2 or whatever, are going to be more powerful than Google Stadia. Mm -hmm. So Google Stadia is at, what, 10.2 teraflops? It's like almost 11 teraflops. Almost 11 teraflops. Right now, Xbox One X is, what, 5 teraflops? 4.5 teraflops? Sounds right. I don't remember. It's Mm -hmm. ish. Yeah. It's around there. So Stadia already more than doubles both Xbox Mm -hmm. One X and PlayStation 4
1: Pro. Although that is kind of bringing it up into the high-range cards that are, you know, Coming, up. I mean, it's not, it's not, that's not crazy. Um, it's, it's, it's a little more than I would expect because I kind of always Heck expect the yeah. console. I expect the consoles to kind of lowball on that a little yeah. bit. But um, if that's, I mean, this is exactly what I think they should be doing. If you're going to make the leap now, you better make it worth it, and you better have some ray tracing capability. In yeah, there my question though is,
0: big. okay, first of all, do you believe it? Do you believe these con? And look, Jason Schreier stone cold lock usually his information is almost always perfect so i don't want to say that i'm second guessing jason here that's not what i'm trying to do but it just to me it just seems so far-fetched
1: doesn't seem like it to me at all really i think that's what exactly what they have to do like i think that's exactly what if you're gonna jump in and do this
0: it they have to be that powerful but then the question becomes how much do they cost i think they're gonna cost 500 Really? Yeah. I don't know how you can make a box with that kind of hardware for $500. Bucks and not lose your ass. Good question. That's why I don't think it's true. And I, again, I hate to second guess Jason Schreier. I'm, I mean, to me, these consoles are going to cost like $700. No, they're, they're not going to be more than $500. I mean, you can't. You can't charge $700 for a console. Here's the thing. But that's what you'd have to charge to not completely lose your ass. No, I
1: think you're I think you're overestimating the cost of that. It's, it's not that crazy. And... Um, also keep in mind that, like, you know, you're talking about a high cost there anyway, even if you are just talking about 500 that's a lot of money anyway. Yeah. Um, but, like, but what I'm saying here is, like, they might, you know, the console manufacturing, Sony and, and Microsoft, might not be Married to the kind of the traditional idea of like, okay, we're launching the new system. We got to get those sales out there immediately. We got to jump. We got to have a huge launch. If they're moving more into kind of the the cell phone iteration version of kind of how generations are going to work from now on, they might be comfortable with a slow burn. And Microsoft has already shown... That's been tough on Apple, though. It has been tough on Apple, but like this is a different world. And Microsoft has shown that they are not unhappy with the slow burn of the Xbox One X. And if you recall when that came out, we were both sort of like... Well, who is this for exactly? Yeah. Like, I don't know if I, and it's definitely sold better than we thought. Yeah, and better I than Microsoft that, yeah. thought to some degree. Um, so you know, you might be just looking at like you know, is it unusual that this sort of like power level would be in these next generations consoles? In previous generations, yes. Is it necessarily untrue because that was true in the past? No, because we're looking at a paradigm shift. Uh, and we're do- looking at a very intense intentional paradigm shift and if they know something like Google Stadium is coming stadia is coming down the pipeline then they might be doing this intentionally to kind of like head that off and then that's not even factoring in whatever Microsoft streaming plans are and I assume Sony has their own streaming plans with place well, the guy Ga- no tech isn't yeah. going all going away yeah um, and, and you're going to want to do a thing where if you do jump into sort of a Stadia-style streaming situation, you're not going to want the games that come through on that streaming to outclass the things that the people who paid for your hardware get at, at home. Yeah. So I think that they are going to go bigger with these with these systems in terms of power.
0: Well, they, I think they have to because that's the only way you're going to ever beat the law of diminishing returns that we've kind of mm-hmm. fallen into with the last two generations. Right. I
1: think that's also part of it. It's like you're, you need to show something with these new systems that make people go, wow, my current system can't do that because and if you I feel, look, and I feel the like numbers
0: are on the decline as far as consoles sold per generation. They have been since the PS2 era. How do you stop that? How do well, you? Well, I
1: don't agree with that as a useful metric, but because um, I think you're always going to have outliers, and I think the PS2 was a ridiculous outlier, and I think the Wii was a ridiculous outlier uh, for completely different reasons. Yeah, um, you're never going to have another PS2. Like the PS2 was just the perfect system at the perfect price point at the perfect time with the perfect games and a DVD player built in when everybody wanted a DVD player. It was just, it, it, you're never going to get that again. You know, same way the Wii was like the perfect fad at the moment that it was. Um, you can't predict that. You just can't, you can't expect that every time. And I know that's anti-capitalist or whatever because everything has to be bigger than the last thing you deliver to your shareholders, but it's just not how it's going to work. Um and 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 at the very least we can see that the software sales market is very healthy and growing. So, um I think that's where they got, you know, you got you're you're more than ever with this new generation, I think you were in that razor blade mentality of uh, take the loss on the razor so you can sell the blades for a profit. Um I don't see any other way around what they're trying to do here. Cuz I, I still think it's a little too early.
0: I just think the loss that you'd have to take to sell a console that powerful at 500 or less I just
1: I don't think that's I don't think that's as much of a loss as you think it is if it even is a loss. Um, you know, it's it, the eleven teraflops is not crazy. It's powerful, but it's not like unreasonable. Like... I mean,
0: that's four K, one hundred and twenty frames a second.
1: Yeah, powerful. But... My PC well, won't
0: do that right now. I have it sitting in my house. Well,
1: it's depending on what you're trying to run. Um, I still think you're, you're... Even if they hit the 4K, you're still going to see games running at 30. Like Yeah, like, I mean, I believe
0: that too. Because even if they could get them to run at 60, they'll pile stuff onto them until right. they'll only run well at 30. Well,
1: because the mass audience doesn't buy things for frame rate. Right, they buy it, buy it pretty, for how it looks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I pretty much believe this. Uh, no problem. Like, uh, even, you know, at the very least, I believe it. Micro, the Xbox maybe sony maybe not i don't know maybe they're deciding still at sony like sony i would see taking a hard loss less than microsoft because microsoft a has nothing to lose and b knows that that's no, not that's re- a really that's not good really point where i think you're buttered.
0: absolutely right i think it's sony would be the one that would be like we're the leader we don't need to take a loss on our mm-hmm. hardware and it's done it before yeah i mean playstation 3 599 us dollars yeah i mean we've already had a 600 hundred dollar console I don't know, man. I just can't see even at the volume that they buy the parts, I just cannot see a, a piece of hardware that powerful being less than five hundred I just can't.
1: Like I think five hundred is your ceiling and maybe you maybe you yeah, we're talking then we're talking about the ones that don't have a drive disk drive in them or like what yeah, you know, that's not gonna save you all that much money. No. I think I think you're probably, said it's like best case scenario fifty bucks. Yeah, I think I think you're looking at, and even then you're you're probably making up that cost by putting in a larger hard drive. Right. For the assumption that you're going to yeah gonna you're buy more need digital it. yeah um, so I would say even if you have multiple SKUs like you know disc drive and no disc drive I think you're still looking at the same price point for both of them. Um, it just matters what that price point is
0: going to be, and my guess is probably 500. And if Microsoft- how do you think that'll go over with the mass market? I don't know, maybe I mean. But you brought up a good point earlier too about how things have kind of changed, mm-hmm. and it's maybe not necessarily about, hey, here's the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox 2. Yeah, I don't know it's if
1: they're like... going to push, like, the rush to get the new thing as yeah. hard on this one. I mean, it's going to be like, you're going to kind of accept that early adopter curve moving into the sort of looking for a bargain curve, moving into the, oh, my God, I have to play the new Halo curve, you know?
0: You get, and are you going to need it? I mean... Are these games going to scale down so you can still play the the PlayStation the Five fact, launch game on your PS4? I so. think that's not that's not impossible.
1: Yeah, I think so that's Not crazy.
0: It could be a case where you're right. They it's just a sl- uh, it's just a soft launch, and they're like, well, they're mm-hmm. out there. If you guys want them, I mean, the Xbox One X was kind of like
1: that. Yeah, because it's the phone model. It's like yeah, like you know, every I can still play everything that's on the new iPhone on my existing iPhone. But there's that temptation of the newer, the shinier, the better, the faster, the powerful, yeah. and whatever cool new feature. That's going to be another thing I think is like some of these consoles are going to do some weird old, stupid console tricks that like we can't even think of right now. You know,
0: well the the like the, the on things the you didn't even know you wanted. Yeah, the yeah. screens on
1: the controller is a cool thing. Um, God knows what kind of streaming integration they're going to do. You know, you you were talking uh, like last week or the week before about like. Like the you know that, that the Stadia thing, doing that interactive YouTube yeah. thing. Like who knows what the hell right. Mixer is going to have on the new yeah, Xbox, or like what Sony is going to bring in for that. You know. There's a lot of weird little perks and twer- tweak... I was going to say twerks, but that's a very different word. <laughs> very perks different and word. tweaks you could do <laughs> that make these systems an attractive thing in a way outside of just what gaming is, but just what games you get, but also in terms of how you can play the games, you might not be able to play them the same way on the other, the competing platform. You yeah. know what I mean? So I'm, I think it's going to be interesting to see, and I think it's going to be more interesting than la- this generation's announcement because this generation, you had Microsoft really pushing to make the Xbox not a video game console, but like the set-top box of Legend, which right. did not work yeah. at all because it just wasn't there, and Sony kind of going all in, I'm like, we're just going to play video games, go away, you know, and, well, uh, way and to the Sony's that. version went went better there, but if you can come up with, you know, the, 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 the industry has changed so much in terms of how people consume gaming media that I think if you can come up with some integration into how the social media stuff works that isn't something that feels like a suit trying to convince you of something you never wanted and don't want, but something that kind of is an organic evolution of how you interact with games in terms of a streaming solution or in terms of like prominent people that you know kind of define the zeitgeist or the influencer crowd, like you could have something in there that really pushes people towards that platform in a way that that, that just exclusive games doesn't do.
0: Now if the consoles came out in 2021, I could see that hardware coming in under 500 but next year or this year i don't see any way
1: i think you can come and bring i mean microsoft can bring it into under 500 because they just take the loss yeah they just take it they just eat it because they they want that market share back yeah you get something that powerful for that price and like with well oh, you bells and whistles you just win i mean make but it he's look saying like both
0: that. he's saying both ps4 and X- xbox yeah, Two. I mean, so. it could be
1: like i i mean i i would not surprise me i mean I, with the pricing like would they go above 500 i would think that would be no. You would think Sony had but, learned that
0: lesson the hard way already, but... Yeah,
1: but, like, who knows? I mean, if you're going more... If you're if you're delving into the the cell phone paradigm, those things are great. Those things are triple that in certain oh, yeah, places. Yeah. So, like...
0: But, you know, I use my cell phone all day, every day. Exactly, yeah. So, it's the value is there for me. Like, I didn't have a problem paying cash for my cell phone. Yeah. Um, even though I use my consoles a ton... I would have a problem spending 800 bucks, 700 bucks for a console. Yeah,
1: I definitely wouldn't buy both of them at, yeah, at you the know, same time. <laughs> that you know. would
0: be the other thing, too. If they are that expensive, you're really making people choose. Yeah. I mean, there's not going to be a and lot look, of multi-console households. Like if you're households. really
1: making me choose...
0: I'm going to pick Sony. I am going to pick Sony. Their
1: first-party lineup. Is just its nothing just nothing like better. it on, yeah. the, on the Xbox. I,
0: I would have to buy Sony's console. I mean, if
1: you were making me choose between two $600, $800 like, Nintendo Sony consoles, that's a
0: harder choice. That is, for the first-party stuff. But Microsoft... Yeah.
1: And maybe Microsoft can turn it around next-gen, but this-gen Microsoft has shown me no reason to be in for exclusives. I'm only... Like, the Xbox One X... I like it because it runs everything better. All the third-party stuff, yeah. yeah. not, and, and you know, that's a different thing. And would I pay another 800 it's If it's that or, like, having to shell out $800 at some point for an unknown time whenever I need to because I want to play God of War 2, like, I'd rather have the PlayStation in play.
0: How do you think people would react if the new consoles are five or 600 bucks? Um, I really don't know. Like,
1: I mean, I think the PlayStation 3 was a lesson in that. Um... And beyond that, you're kind of getting into 3DO territory, yeah. um, which, which
0: isn't something you want to be compared no, to. <laughs> no, you don't want you
1: don't want to be compared to 3DO in any scenario, in any sense. Really. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I would assume if they did something like that, that the, the companies would have uh, re- access to research and and marketing metrics that I don't, and would know yeah. why they were making that decision. I feel like if you, I feel like going over five hundred dollars is sort of kiss a death territory. Yeah,
0: I'd agree with that. So, um it'll be interesting. I mean, look, again, Schreier's, like never wrong. So, yeah, I feel
1: like he I mean, he wouldn't be saying that if he hadn't gotten some kind right. of like
0: real legit convert... Yeah. Com- uh, com- yeah. Like you you just that you don't just like overhear something and run that? No. You better have really good sources for it. So, it's I mean, I don't know.
1: Like I me, mean, I It believe- seems crazy to me, but I I I don't think it's as expensive to do that as you might think it is. I think I think it's not it's not a um it ends
0: stadia if that's true it ends stadia it's uh, over that might be why i'm there also... is no unique there is no u- unique selling proposition for stadia at that point like, well it doesn't cost five hundred
1: dollars right but, but
0: the pack if if you watch the stadia episode that we just published of Pactor factor like he says you know you're gonna be sitting there if you're using stadia and he you know he thinks there's no way it's gonna be like ten dollars a month or whatever so he's like, so let's say it's so, uh, he agrees with me right. on that. So let's say it's twenty five or fifty, he's right. like, How many months are you gonna sit there and add up that fifty dollars a month before you're like, why didn't right. I just, buy, just a buy a console? console. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's see. that's what I said when about how what I thought the price was gonna be. I mean, I don't yeah. know.
0: Yeah, nobody knows. He doesn't but, know either. He has mm-hmm. no clue. Even with all but his But I choices. definitely
1: would come down more on his estimate on, on I think that I think the monthly fee for that's gonna be more than people think it is. Yeah.
0: But he was just saying, I don't blame them for thinking. But his point was, you can't set it at twenty-five or fifty bucks a month because Mm -hmm. it makes the math too easy for people to be like, okay, well, in six months, I could just own the console. Right. I mean, you
1: say that, but like, it's not that doesn't necessarily stop. Yeah. He's like, you have
0: to set the price where it's a no-brainer. He's like, you can't make people think.
1: Right. It's like Netflix. It's like once you cross the ten-dollar a month thing, I'm like, well wait a minute, do I really need that? You know, it's like it's No,
0: you're right. It's like four and it's gone up a dollar like every month or every six months for like the last two years. It's mm-hmm. like fourteen dollars now. And now it is getting to the point where I'm starting to be like, okay. Yeah, I I, yeah. I think about it now. Yeah. Whereas exactly. when it was nine ninety nine, it was just yeah, like fine. I, like I have a subscription Which is silly. It's only four dollars. Like
1: I have a subscription to um a particular uh fighting game channel like like basically a production company. And uh-huh. like I've been supporting them for like nine years and it's like $2 a month. And every time I haven't watched anything they've done for years uh-huh. and every time it pops up, I'm like, oh, I should cancel that.
2: It's and then I just forget because it's, it's 2
1: it's That's what you need it to be. You need it to be like this sort of like extra expense that I didn't quite enough for me to think about it. Yeah. $10 think. is the break point, though. Pretty much,
0: yeah. $10, up until $10, you,
1: it's just, like, whatever money. And you also have to remember that, like, especially in the in the gaming and, like, kind of geek space, there's a lot of subscription things that are 10 bucks a month vying for your... Yeah, they all add up. ...10 bucks a month. Like, they And add at a certain up. point, you're, you're spending, you know, with, and that with, like, Patreon stuff, or, like, whatever. That's the other thing yeah. he brought
0: up, is that, like... He, he's like, Eventually, you're spending 100 bucks on
1: all this stuff, and you're like, wait a minute. This isn't any cheaper than
0: what I was already doing. Yeah. He's like, everyone's cutting the cord. He's like, that's great until you start to realize that now you're subscribing to six different mm-hmm. services that are all 10 to $15 a month. Now, you're suddenly, right back where you you're started. right back where you started, except now you have logins to all these right. other different things. So, it's... You're right, though. Like, now that Netflix is like over 10 bucks, like, I see the charge and I'm like, did I watch it this month? Mm-hmm. Seriously. Like, before yeah, I even no, think no, about you're it. You're right. No. Now I'm like, did I watch anything this month? And there are months that go by that I don't watch Netflix at yeah. all. Well,
1: because why do you have Netflix now? For the Netflix for original the stuff.
0: Original stuff. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I watch it for. Because
1: all the TV shows and like movies that I care about are on Hulu now.
0: Yeah. Or I've seen them already. Or they're already there. I like, bought them I've, on desk. If I like... want to see a movie, either I see it in the theater or I rent it like when it first comes right. out. So. Or, yeah. it's, or it happens to be on Amazon Prime. Yeah, like that I happens put, a lot. Yeah, I put a poll up on Twitter a few weeks ago that was like basically comparing like Netflix and HBO Go, mm-hmm. or just HBO, and I was shocked at how many people said they would rather have Netflix and HBO. But then I thought about it. I'm like, well, I'm older. I've seen all the shows that are on Netflix. A lot of these other people haven't. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's a no-brainer. HBO. Like I basically, I'm just look at it like I'm buying a console. I'm like. What exclusive content do I like better? Could I live without Game of Thrones and stuff like that?
1: No, no I've could lived without I? Game of Thrones for four years. So,
0: I, but then I'm like, I could- do still
1: have a subscription to HBO because it's part of my package. But yeah. like, um, you quit watching it? Yeah, I came back to it with the Battle of the Bastards. Ah, uh, uh, that was so- a good point. I stopped somewhere near the end of season four, and I came back for Battle of the Bastards. I went to like a viewing party of that, and and, and I, it was funny because like I was like, oh, I haven't watched it in like two years, and like people are like. Like oh my god, but you you don't know what happens. I'm like I'm I'm gonna be fine. Yeah, I'll live. and sure enough, it starts and like if it, with the exception of like we like one or two characters were geographically. I'm like yeah, yeah it's pretty much the same fucking show as to Ge- yeah. Nothing has happened of any note between anybody that's happened, and so I, I was like caught right up, no problem. Which is sort of my problem with television yeah. today in yeah, general. The linear, making um, you
0: wait to watch an episode is ridiculous. Or
1: just like making me wait to see some story development over the. I mean, it's like yeah. Netflix stuff does that all the time, where it's like, you know, Stranger Things Season 2 is one of my big, like, it's like, every single character in Stranger Things Season 2 had one piece of character development they are going to have, and they saved it all for the final two episodes, so the other six episodes was just tap dancing. All set up, yeah. It was just waiting and waiting and waiting for something to evolve. Like, I expected Netflix to win that poll, but I didn't expect it to win in a landslide. Oh, I did, because HBO's got nothing else. I mean it's HBO has Game of Thrones and for me it has John Oliver but John Oliver puts the the bulk of his show up on YouTube yeah, like 2 hours it away. after it airs yeah, so it away. when that by the way is the second most expensive show on HBO after Game of Thrones to produce yeah that show why? that show costs like 13 million dollars a year why i don't know <laughs>
0: Oh my god, it's a great show, but they shouldn't. John, cost that the, much. the
1: last week tonight is a very expensive. How many show.
0: writers does he have? Like a billion?
1: A fair number, and they they turn stuff around pretty fast. They do a lot of international travel stuff. And I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I know this because I was doing a thing that was trying to make kind of a replicant of that show, and like once you dig into how much it actually costs, it's like, oh my god, they spend millions. Like uh-huh. every episode of that show to cost like a million plus. That's hard to believe. It's
0: it's amazing, amazing. just because of the logistics and the speed required. Yep. So let's put a number on how likely you think this rumor is that these two consoles are going to be more powerful oh i'm going to say that's like a 70 80 percent likelihood yeah. i mean it helps that it's coming from schreier it does yeah. um
1: but like so i'd say the source combined with what i think that they're going to do and what they need to do especially i would i would maybe put the likelihood higher for microsoft how
0: about this what if it had come from anyone but jason schreier uh, i might drop that about 10 percent. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i agree with that too because to me, just it just seems very unlikely. But the fact that it's coming from Shrier makes me believe it. Yeah,
1: helps. That's for sure. So for sure. I, I, I want to believe. I do want to believe. Let's, let's, let's go, Fox Mulder, with it. <laughs> and that helps and a yeah. lot of
0: times. Wanting <laughs> to believe it helps a lot. So
1: I would like my next the next major console purchase I make to be
0: a powerful beast. Me too. That I wouldn't have to worry about upgrading yes. for the next like ten years, honestly. Even though it's gonna be like three years. Right. <laughs> it's <laughs> gonna Absolutely. be three years
1: till the Xbox two X yeah. b- whatever the hell it is. I, I gotta admit one of my biggest questions about next gen is what are they gonna call the Xbox? Yeah. I you really can you, don't can know. you call
0: it Xbox two? Call it
1: Xbox again. Again, yeah. <laughs> Xbox I mean, again. Again. They had
0: it right at the beginning. They should just call it Xbox. Like yeah. it's like they're rebooting like video game franchises now. Just call it the Xbox. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like their uh the new Suicide
1: Squad is gonna be titled The Suicide Squad. It's like if you it's can a full reboot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like if you can the
0: do Doom Squad. One, Two, Three, and then call the fourth one just Doom. Doom. It's like what are you
1: worried that someone's gonna go buy an original <laughs> Xbox by accident? Like that's not a thing.
0: All right, let's move on. Uh, and it we- also makes
1: sense to just brand that as, it's an Xbox. What yeah. is this? It's an iPhone. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah there's a number after it, but yeah. does anyone say, what is it? No, it's an iPhone. Only
0: after they make the drastic changes, like after the X. like yeah. and it, That was like a drastic change. But other than that, like they're just iPhones. Uh, all right, so we talked about the upcoming PlayStation and Xbox hardware. Now we're going to talk about Nintendo's upcoming hardware, which also was kind of leaked this week by the mm-hmm. Wall Street Journal. Uh, Wall Street Journal went on record saying that there are two new Switch models coming. Um, the first one is, the way they described it was the su- to the Switch the same way the 2DS was to the 3DS. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a kitified version of the Nintendo Switch. Or some would say streamlined. Streamlined, kitified. They're trying to make it rugged so that it, it won't break, essentially. Yeah. And they're saying that it will not have detachable Joy-Cons. It will not have any rumble, and it will not have a yeah. dock, and, and you they, cannot play it on a TV.
1: And they basically said, like, the, the wording of it made it, you know, called it, like, a successor to the 3DS. Yeah. Which makes even more sense, is, like, it's yeah. just a dedicated handheld that is is willing to be dropped, basically. Yeah.
0: they're trying to get everybody to migrate from the 3DS over mm. to the Switch with this cheaper model.
1: Well, look, if there's... Anything that's going to make that happen, it's that, desc- the model they're describing in conjunction with Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. Like right there, you've you got it. Well,
0: they're like also right saying there. it's like going to come out like way before then, though. Yeah. it would
1: be like a summer thing. This yeah, year.
0: like this summer. Like right yeah. after E3. Like I would guess
1: these two things are going to be Nintendo's big direct, the
0: big centerpiece of the direct. You would think. Um, the timing seems to be working out yeah. great. How do you feel about that, though? I mean, it's not the Switch anymore, then. Do you think they still call it Switch? Probably, I mean... Or do you think they come sh- up with a new name for it? Maybe they call it the Swatch. <laughs> That's already taken. Um, no, nah, Swatch
1: is generic. You're not going <laughs> to confuse that for a watch. Um, <laughs> they just can't call it that because of copyright or whatever. I think they probably could. You can get away with that? Yeah, I mean, Swatch is a type of watch, but no one's going to confuse a handheld game system for a watch, for a yeah, wristwatch. Yeah, I don't think they could get away with it, I mean, though. a Swatch is a thing. A Swatch means something beyond just... Swatch Watch. Um, also, I think that the actual copyright is Swatch Watch. Oh, it is? Yeah, they might be able to do it. I mean, it's probably not... They're not going to call it Swatch. That's, yeah. that's just me being stupid. <laughs> they could call it
0: Swish. But do you think... Th- <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that you they'll think... call it something else, though? I don't know. I mean, I mean, so... other than like Switch Mini or whatever. I think it'll be still Switch branding. It yeah. makes sense to
1: gum off. I mean, I know it doesn't make sense anymore because it doesn't switch anything. But I mean, I I think you've hit the point in the same way that like Wii was weird early yeah. on, but then the Wii it's was just, just a word. It was just the Nintendo system. Yeah. It was like, so the Switch does You don't think when you say Switch, you don't necessarily think, oh, I can switch between this and this. You think the Switch is the Nintendo console. Right. Like, that's it. Yeah. Um. So I think, and it's better to keep the the branding consistent um obviously there's not not anything as convenient as calling the 2ds the 2ds because from the 3ds because it doesn't do 3d anymore like that was handy
0: it actually made sense yeah but <laughs> i think i think
1: this is fine you could maybe switch i mean switch portables weird but like like switch i don't know what you call i don't know you could call a switch something or the switch or the go some, or
0: something like switch, that switch uh resilient i don't know like i mean it already is a switch go it's a handheld already it's like, I mean, really, it's just, they're just trying to make it as cheap as possible. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's
1: cheap and all, I mean, this is kind of, so probably sort of moving towards that stated goal from last year, where they said that everyone, they want everyone in the family to have their own. Right, yeah. Um, well, here's a good step towards that, is, you know, because, I mean, look, the Switch is a, is a fine piece of hardware, but would I give it to my six-year-old nephew? No! No way. Like, it would be broken within like three hours. Yeah. Three
0: hours is all I would give it before a yeah. kid would destroy like my, it.
1: my ten year old niece treats hers very well, yeah. but like there's a there's a you know, there's still a kid younger than that, like you you don't want to have to supervise him with this. I she's mean, old I would, enough
0: now to understand that right. if something breaks, she's not guaranteed to get a replacement. Right. Whereas like I, I mean I would give
1: him I would give him a three if he wanted to play, I'd give him a three D S. Yeah. Like he's not gonna I mean he might snap it in half. He would. He'd, he'd he, bend it the other way. He is and a little exploratory. Most kids are. But like I I feel like he would not destroy it in just in normal use yeah, cases yeah. you know whereas the switch is a fairly delicate instrument uh in comparison Relatibly to previous previous Nintendo handhelds that can survive you know when I was in New York, I saw I was at the Nintendo store and I saw the you know that, that Game Boy that like got napalmed or whatever in an, in a in a, in a Humvee in like the Gulf War uh-huh. and it's still sitting there playing Tetris. It still works. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, or the thing where the my my favorite Game Boy story is uh, this family that lost this kid he had Pokemon. It was a Game Boy Advance, and he lost it. Was it an Advance? It was no. It was a Game Boy Color, and it was an original Pokemon. And they, he dropped it when they were leaving his grandmother's house in the snow. And they couldn't find it. They couldn't they dug for it and couldn't find it anywhere. And they came back and they finally when they went visited in the spring, they found it because the snow had melted and it was sitting in the front yard. And not only did it still work, but the Pokemon save was intact.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, it, it makes too much sense to make a cheaper version of switch. Yeah. That people can buy much more easily. You can give it to a kid, and it's durable. You don't worry about them breaking or it. Or it's
1: just easy to take yourself. I mean, look, I don't bring the Switch places because, like, to pack it up in its case to make sure it's protected yeah. takes up too much damn space in my bag most of the yeah, time. Yeah, it
0: does take up a lot more space. So
1: something I could just like, whoop, you know, like, like I love the clamshell design of the 3DS. I just close, you know, throw it in a bag, you're done. Yeah, you know, like it's great. So something that's more along those lines, but can still do. You Switch think clamshell? I don't think about clamshell, yeah. but like
0: some way to protect the damn screen would be nice. Yeah. You would think for a kid's model they would do something, but if you think about it the two d s actually Even if it's
1: something that's sort of just like like a cover that sort of folds over the top and then when you like you're playing you fold it up and it's like a stand or right. something? like so something you, like that about would the
0: two d s it actually was less protective
1: yeah well then but this is the two d s now like the, right the, right but the, 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 far, the, original, the original model one, yeah, well the original model was kind of, weird. kind of a disaster it was like it was it felt like one of those old, like Tomitronic. Tronic. It was like a things. tablet, it yeah. Was, it was but like... it was
0: weird. It took away the protection of the screen. Yeah, it took away I the clamshell like. and made it this big chunk of plastic. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, but you're right. Maybe Nintendo learned and yeah. Well, then,
1: well, then the subsequent 2DS is, is that it's, it's it's yeah. You know, it's that's that's exactly what it should have been in the first place. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I like. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't buy one. Um, because I'm more interested in the other model that they've that the Wall Street Journal talks about nice segue. but this is exactly uh, a, a, it doesn't seem like a bad choice to me like I think there's definitely a market for it
0: yep and then as you alluded to the other model that the Wall Street Journal mentioned is a souped up switch thank god less less concrete information on this model yeah. though
1: um, not too much about well you know is it just a console is it portable still
0: like you know there's no real info on that but it does They also compared it to the 3ds upgrade yeah whereas they put out that other model of 3ds that had what we were seeing there with the analog Mm -hmm. nub on it and a better screen and things like that and a better processor not by much but a better processor it almost sounds like it's going to be nintendo's xbox one x yeah with but nowhere near as powerful as well. Maybe more PS4 Pro, which is Yeah, yeah less I mean that's elite. a better analogy. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if if that thing makes previous games play better as well, like you got my money already. I don't know why it wouldn't. I mean yeah, Nintendo I would, would be so.
0: stupid to not make it backwards. But compatible. Yeah, I am
1: I make no secret of the fact that I think the Switch is dr- dr- dr-
0: drastically underpowered yeah, so I, think, I mean it's a mobile console really yeah I mean, so if they
1: put out something that you know is more i mean i don't expect it to be like ps4 pro i don't even frankly, expect it I mean, to be PS4, yeah. i think
0: the wall street journal said like the basically the power of the original xbox one and ps4 mm. that's what it was alluding to anyway frankly i'll take it i would absolutely <laughs> take <Yeah>. that uh, <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah that's like double the power of switch right now so that's, that's no small leap for Switch to say it may no. be as powerful as PS4. That's a big deal. Um, so that would be an insta-buy for me. Oh, I would absolutely. Immediately, I would buy mm-hmm. it. I would put my old Switch up on eBay, and oh, I would yeah. go buy the new one right away, without a doubt.
1: i just leave the old Switch like on like the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever finds it, <laughs> for a good wherever home. it lands, there shall it be buried.
0: Well, I think there's some people watching right now who might, ta- <laughs> who might take it off your hands before you have to leave it on the sidewalk. So, are you excited about this stuff?
1: Um, I would be excited about, like, a, a Switch Pro, yeah. Do you think it'll move the needle for
0: Nintendo at all? For uh,
1: needle, I think, I think it couldn't hurt. I think the, I think the, the handheld one, the handheld focused one would probably move the needle more.
0: It'll sell a lot more software. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, it just makes it, it makes it, I think the handheld one makes it clo- gets you closer to their goal of, like, a, a Switch in every hand. Yeah. In the family situation. Yep. Um, but, you know, the, to me, the, the Switch Pro thing would basically be, like, a bone thrown to, like, people like me who are here for the, the performance and the power, which I appreciate because I don't think that people like me are enough to really move that needle too much for Nintendo because Nintendo's audience is different. Yeah. But the fact, if they would be willing to cater, me, to, cater to me in that regard, I will, I will spend the money to buy the thing they offer.
0: I wonder if that more seeped up model is still a handheld. That's a good question. I don't know.
1: I mean, if it's not, I'm fine with that. Yeah, no, I, you wouldn't care at all. No, I, would, I have never played the Switch handheld. But I and... do
0: wonder if maybe that souped-up model is just a console. It could be, yeah. I would not Switch be against games. that. I mean, it's kind of like, so you have... Oh, God, the... what if it came with a better controller? What, if it, what, what Wouldn't that be great? Well, think about it, though, because you have the Switch in the middle. That's both a console and a handheld medium power. Mm-hmm. Then you have the handheld-only version yeah. that's a little cheaper. Then you have the other models on the other end that is docked only yeah. i mean it kind of makes sense if you look at the line Yeah, at that point
1: the switch almost makes once you put two unmoving things on either side of the switch the switch name actually makes more
0: sense it does ab- it absolutely does so it's a, it's a possibility yeah, that's just I could me that. dreaming but it'll be interesting to see i think no matter what it's good for nintendo uh, the more consoles you get in people's hands because there are people yeah. like you that haven't bought a switch you bought one there are people like you who haven't bought one because of its power who now may jump in and then they start buying software, you get it in the hands of kids, they start buying. Yeah. It's all about selling more games. If
1: you want me to replay Zelda, I might replay it. I if might. It, if it looks better, if it runs smoother. Yeah. Yeah. Because I did try to play it when the when the the DLC came out, and I just I completely forgot everything I was doing. And it's one of those games. I'm kind of like, oh, <laughs> I have to start over, and oh my god, I don't want to play that all again. It's You're like,
0: right. You can you forget almost everything about that game when yeah. you go back to it. I felt like I I did play the DLC, and for the first like 30 minutes, I was like a fish out of water. <laughs> I couldn't remember how to do anything because no. that game, its controls are kind of like proprietary. They don't really kind of transfer over to other Yeah, other Nint-
1: Nintendo does do their own thing yeah. when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah,
0: so so no matter what, I think those new models are a good thing for Nintendo, and I think yeah. you agree as well. Yeah, I think so. I'd be interested to
1: see the pricing, because I would guess that the Pro whatever version would be more expensive.
0: Yeah, you would think. Unless it's not handheld. Right. And... I mean, my
1: guess would be that, like, the handheld version would be cheaper and maybe the, the main Switch skew would drop in price. A little and bit. And the Pro version would take over the old price, full price of the Switch.
0: That would make too much sense. Which means it'll probably, probably not never happen. not. happen, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk next about Bethesda briefly. Mm. And the reason we're going to talk Speaking
1: about... Speaking of not making sense.
0: Exactly. The reason we're going to talk about Bethesda briefly is because there's really nothing to talk about with Bethesda. Mm. So it announced this week, Todd Howard... Yeah. announced this week i actually sent you this one you did through text you and, did. You, and you were like what yeah <laughs> so todd howard announced this week that the elder both the elder Scroll 6 and starfield will be no shows at e3 2019. Mm. neither game being shown at the biggest video game convention in the world
1: now the elder scrolls 6 not being there doesn't surprise me at all i'm a little surprised that Nothing on Starfield. Yeah, like even a little bit of like, what is it kind of? You know, even if you're not showing gameplay, they put out teaser trailers for both games at yeah, this point. A year ago. Yeah, and like, but even like a like a like sort of what we got about um, Beyond Good and Evil Two last year. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, right? Well, not last year, but I mean even two years ago. Like the kind of the first sort of a hey, it's coming sort of thing. Here's an here's an oh, idea of what it's it is still coming. Yeah, um, <laughs> after it had been announced like right. five years earlier. So like. Even some kind of thing of, like, you know, what is Starfield? We're not going to show you, like, gameplay live or anything, but we are going to kind of take you through what we think this game is going to be. Yeah. Like, something like that was kind of what I was expecting. I never expected Elder Scrolls. I think Elder Scrolls 6 is, like, 2024, 2025. I think Elder Scrolls 6 is so far out. Like, you're talking about, like, graduated children by the time. I mean, I I think it's going to be, like, it's going to be, like, almost 15 years between Elder Scrolls games at this point. It's crazy. And then
0: on the same, basically the same it's not even day. they
1: are getting into Fallout's, Fallout 5.
0: Yeah, and then on the same day they announced that, yes, we're doing our E3 press conference.
1: Yeah. So, so a- apparently... <laughs> what's do- going to be in that? Apparently there's going to be a whole lot of Doom Eternal. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what do they have? Doom Eternal, Wolfenstein Youngblood blowout, I guess. Um, God, there's probably going to be
0: some long fucking well, Elder Scrolls well, Youngblood thing. comes out like a week later. It's That's coming it? out in like June. I yeah. didn't
1: know that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah uh probably some fucking elder scrolls thing god what if you know then there's other there's blade which blades yeah like we still didn't get to play because i'm i they told me to download it and i did and i'm like oh we'll let you know
0: when you can play it and, I'm like, that and okay. i want to see this actually anyone watching the stream right Does now anyone get to play it? Has anyone been able to play the elder scrolls blades anyone in chat we both of us downloaded it immediately neither one of us have been able to play it yeah Um, But I bet
1: you it's going to be in that presentation.
0: Probably, maybe. I got messages from people on Twitter that were saying the same thing. Like, they couldn't, like, I thought I was going to, so it came out. Somebody messaged us on Twitter saying, oh, you know, I'm going to go download it. I'm like, I'm downloading it too. And the the person said, oh, I have to go do something I can't play. And I was like, Mm -hmm. no such problem for me. And it was like loading up the screen. I took a screenshot and uploaded it to Twitter of the opening screen. And then I fought, like, this little thing. And then it's, there's a message that just says, uh, you're not worthy. Yeah, you're like, we'll We'll, we'll send you a you notification know. when you're able to play. That was, what, five days ago? Yeah. Four days ago? Still nothing. I've no, checked a few times. No notification. I checked, checked last night. Still nothing. I did the same thing yesterday. because so I was like, okay, I want to play this for the show yeah. so I can talk about it. And no, still nothing. Uh, has anybody been able to play? Let me take a look at chat real quick. Nope. Nobody, nobody oh, wait. jumping out. One person did. Play the
1: tutorial? I I don't know if that counts. What we saw counts as the tutorial, where kind of basically you would whack an elf with a stick a few times.
0: Uh, Good has gone says, tried it the next morning and it worked. Didn't get a notification, though. Hmm. Everyone else is like, no. Didn't even know it was out. (laughs) Some people are saying. Because
1: I I did the thing where I quote-unquote pre-ordered it. You know, you, yeah. you basically set, tell the app store that you're interested. Yeah. And uh, they'll let you know. And it actually auto downloaded. Like, it popped, oh, really? up, it popped up a notification that says, Blades is ready to play. And I'm like, oh, really? It was already there. I mean, um,
0: this is the only Elder Scrolls we're going to get for like the I next just six years. I load it up years. again, and it says you get Come the back same later. message. So, Did you have to fight the fight again? No, it just—I'm already logged in. What like, do you think about that combat that's in that little I thing there? I don't get it. Yeah, it <laughs> I'm like, I, I hope there's some nuance to that because I don't quite understand why I'm losing. Or I mean, I don't think you can lose that fight. Yeah, like it just—I mean, look, it's mobile gaming. I'm not really used to it. But it is funny what people who play mobile games will put up with just so they don't have to buy a damn console. Yeah,
1: I mean, it it feels like a little more involved than your average mobile game. Yeah. We'll we'll see how it goes. It's like you
0: hold your thumb to power up your sword slash. And you release it, and then you slash. And that's pretty much all the combat, the gameplay that we've seen so far. At least that we've played.
1: Let's, we'll wait and I'll wait and see what, what's in but there. But
0: bottom line is, what the hell's going on at Bethesda? Maybe, Bethesda is very fortunate that they are a private company. That's true. Very maybe, fortunate. Maybe uh, they right now. Their stock would be in the toilet. Maybe
1: Prey Two. I mean, human heads. So you're just gonna announce that time. and like be, not not Prey Two. two then release it. New like, Prey Two. Yeah, like yeah. Different Prey to... Why'd you call it Prey? Yeah. Um, and I would think
0: it's about time for Arcane to have something new on deck. I guess. But you're going to, like, announce that and then release it before Elder Scrolls and Starfield? Like, those games have been in development for years.
1: Elder Scrolls hasn't... Elder Scrolls isn't... Elder Scrolls is a bunch of concept art. I promise you. Elder Scrolls 6 it doesn't exist. Uh, Starfield... I think Starfield spent a lot of time with them trying to decide what it was going to be. I think that's probably further along. Um... But, uh, I mean, Starfield, I, expect, I would expect Starfield like 2021, um, something like that. Here's the thing, and we talked about this a bit uh, when, when this broke, because um, you were like, why the hell would you show these things last year if you weren't going to follow up the following year? And I think, I don't have any actual, you know, concrete, inc- I'm not Jason Schreier on this one, <laughs> I mean, like, but I think they knew what Fallout 76 was going to be. Like at that point in June, you are you had to know where this was going. It also would explain why they didn't demo it. Yeah. D3. And so what you do is you take you know you know you have these two games that people are actually going to care about in the pipeline, and so you get up there and you announce them and you say, "There's stuff coming. These are coming." Like so, like preemptively, sort of, so you know when the blowback hits on Fallout seventy six. And even when that did happen, there were still people saying, oh, "Well, this sucked, but at least Starfields coming, at least Elder Scrolls is coming." Um, and coming is a is a strong word it seems like at this point but yeah you i think you are I, I mean i've been said at the time i think you're looking at 2021 you know, i was saying launch new systems for at best for starfield but now i think you're looking at 2021 uh 2024 2025 for elder Scrolls 6 elder Scrolls 6 was always a long, long Dude, way out. Dude,
0: Fallout 76 is just shoving a baseball bat right up Bethesda's derriere. It's uh, it's not a good look. Oh, it's so bad. I mean, they needed that game. Now you really realize they needed that game yeah. to be a hit, man. Not only to sell just, well out of the gate, to stall for time. To stall for time and to sustain revenue while yeah. you wait for these other games. Because
1: nothing else they've been putting out has been making money you know. No, even though really. they review well they're good games yeah. but they don't sell the way i
0: mean honestly fallout shelter may be one of bethesda's most successful games in a long yeah, time that's true. <laughs> if you think about it it's crazy but it's true i mean the other thing too is that like i'm starting to look at e3 now and i'm like damn yeah like what is there
1: do you think they'll have the balls to like spend some time talking about, like the fallout 76 roadmap no yeah you know, well basically? like don't
0: they have to they kind of have to yeah but like,
1: what an awkward thing!
0: Releasing that game was awkward.
1: Like, is Todd gonna to have to go out there and be like, "All right, let's talk about it." Kind of, yeah. like, like, is it gonna be like, "Hey, we know." I anything? mean,
0: that's that's Bethesda's MO. I mean, they they act like they're a very small company, mm-hmm. and they do respond to fans when fans complain. So it they may they yeah. and they that made me do that on purpose to try to get people to go and check it out. Like, they may pull the whole. We know we royally screwed up, but mm-hmm. this is what we've been doing since. But have you played Blades? Yeah. <laughs> well, in fact, you probably haven't. You haven't, because we won't like, let you. Still waiting for that notification? Maybe you should try. Fallout 76.
1: Yeah. yeah, I... Like, look, I appreciate that you need to make the rollout smooth, but, like, I, you know, even with all the all the furor this morning, I still got my Avengers tickets faster than I've been able to play Blades. I don't
0: understand. Is it an online RPG?
1: You have to log in, yeah. But
0: it's... dude, it's like it's not like you're sending information. Like if I download it to I my know. phone, I, it's just crazy. Like Bethesda, right? Right now is crazy. Like what's going on there? They're, what are they? What products do they have to support them for the next two years? Do Doom, man. I mean,
1: Elder Scrolls Online is doing pretty well, I guess. Is it? Yeah, it's doing all right for what I it know. is.
0: I know one thing: if, if... Maybe
1: Fallout Shelter just makes millions and millions of dollars, it's
0: possible but i know one thing if they were a publicly held company they would be up shit i feel right i now. do
1: think that it would have been real financially nice to have elder scrolls 6
0: uh maybe more like next year yeah absolutely that's not happening so good luck with this. the e3 starting to look really really grim mhm really grim zero no no sony and no Sony.
1: No, I mean, no, but Bethes- no big games from Bethesda. Well, I mean, we'll see what Bethesda's got. Like, you know, there might be something new from Arcane, Might be something new from Human Head. Like, I mean, talking sales wise, no. But I'm not. A, I don't own Bethesda, yeah, I don't, so I don't give a shit yeah. how much they sell. I'm just interested yeah. in good games, and they put out good games. Yeah, they just put out typically. Good games. They put out generally. Not always. No, but they put out good games that don't sell the way that like a Skyrim or a Fallout sells. And I think they need a Skyrim or a Fallout coming up. To keep things you know liquid yeah but uh hopefully they can hang on and get starfield out and it'll be a nice big new hit for them it'd be good i mean i'd like to see what the the, the oh i'd those love guys to see make. It. Absolutely. Make out of a like a Mass Effect idea. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm on excited, board for I'm that. excited for Elder Scrolls yeah.
0: too. I mean, I don't care what happened with Fallout 76. So well, no, Fallout
1: 76 is a different beast. I don't. I'm not. I'm certainly not going to try and judge Starfield or Elder Scrolls 6 by what Fallout 76 was.
0: Yeah, but that's a thanks you very much for that. Oh uh, yeah, but, but it's also <laughs> a different group. You know, like, it is it's, yeah. a different team. A lot of people don't realize that, but that's yeah. true. All right, we got to move. We we need to be fluid because we got a bunch of topics and we got about. 50 minutes left, so we gotta get crazy. We don't
1: get to the last topic until 2024. (laughs) That's the rule.
0: All right. Uh, Up next, we're gonna talk about uh, a new law that was just passed in Europe, though it actually hasn't gone into action yet. Um, People are referring to it as Article 13, that's what we're gonna call it um and sounds like an x-files thing yeah it actually there's two other articles that are actually more pertinent but people have decided to use article 13 as what well, sounds more sinister the talking point yes yeah, unlucky <laughs> 13 or whatever and essentially what's execute happened execute article 13
1: yeah.
0: essentially what's happened in europe is they just passed new copyright laws Mm -hmm. Which puts the onus on websites like YouTube to police their own websites. Basically, you're liable for the content that other people
1: create and put on your service. Yep. Which honestly, explains why all of a sudden everybody's not too interested in having Nazis on their platform anymore. Yeah, funny how that
0: works. Um, And so, basically, instead of it being our responsibility as Sifted to go on YouTube and find where people are stealing our content and report it to YouTube... It would be YouTube's responsibility to police that right from the get-go and make sure that people aren't uploading our stuff in the first place. Mm-hmm. And and this,
1: and this is also, I think, why uh, you've got things like Mark Zuckerberg writing that op-ed about how like we need government regulation on it, because they aren't ready to do this for themselves. Nobody is. No.
0: YouTube, and I've talked about this many times on Game Face, so I'm not going to resurface it again, but YouTube built its business illegally. It built its business on infringing copyright. And... The problem with YouTube and other websites that are that big is you can't put the genie back in the bottle. So mm-hmm. once YouTube got to... Can you imagine to, a world without YouTube now? Right. So, But neither can the lawmakers. Right. That's what's happened, is that YouTube was allowed to build its business illegally for so long, and it developed itself into a business that no one can do without now, including old people who like to go and watch fishing videos or mm. whatever else. They, everybody watches something on YouTube. Mm. Everybody. And so everyone can relate at this point, and they have been in this safe harbor all along. And now the problem is it's gone on so long, it's very difficult to all of a sudden ask websites like Facebook and YouTube to be the cops. It just is. And look, I I hate it. The analogy I've used before is Clorox doesn't have to stand in the aisle at Walmart to make sure people aren't stealing their bleach. So why should I have to go on YouTube and look for people stealing my content? Uh But... At a certain point, there's no going back and fixing that. So what they're saying now is if that law does actually go into action, it hasn't yet, it's passed, it hasn't been enacted yet. I think that happens in like a year or something. There's like a big grace period or something for it still. But instead of... Next year or the beginning of the year after, I can't remember which. Yeah, so what they're saying is instead of YouTube building a system to do that, what YouTube is going to do is that you're just going to outlaw any uploads from Europe. Because they're like, you know, for us to be responsible to build this stuff, why? You know, it's a cost-benefit analysis. You're going to look mm-hmm. at how much money are you making off of the stuff that people upload from Europe. I mean, it's it's going to be very simple. And you're going to say, well, how much is it going to cost for us to build this? And how much is it going to cost for us to maintain it? Because mm-hmm. building the systems is one thing, but maintaining it and actually working on it is something else entirely. How much staff are you going to need? And how much is that going to cost you a year? And... How much is that going to cost you 10 years from now? That's all stuff that they're going to have to figure out. But right now, everyone is assuming that YouTube will just be like, you know what, we can't really do this in the first place, so we're just going to stop uploads from any country that passes these laws. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are going, they're going the, oh, it's censorship route, all that, which I don't believe at all. No, that's not censorship,
1: although it is, um, uh, I mean, it's on the company. It's like, yeah, this it's like... On one hand, it's like, yeah, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. But at the same time, when you were building this kind of a company, did you really not think this was going to come,
0: this day was going to come? Like, Well, Viacom told him it was going to come. Yeah. Viacom sued them and lost every time. Yeah. And spent billions of dollars on lawyers' fees that they, was just wasted. But,
1: like, you know. Because
0: of laws that were written back in, like, the 1950s. So, like, banning all uploads from Europe seems extreme it's Um, really extreme but this is this is extreme though yeah that's why it's such a big topic but like i don't really disagree with the law neither like it's gonna be i mean
1: you're basically for you're forcing checkmate at this point
0: yeah you're basically saying you can't steal anymore i mean Mm -hmm. that's what it comes down to also you're saying also you're saying
1: if you're gonna have it happen in your place of business you're responsible for that it's like you know, Walmart couldn't get away with having like a KKK meeting in the back of the toy section, right? Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's the same thing. Like, you can't, you can't just let that run rampant and pretend there's nothing you can do about it because there was something you could do. I and mean, now maybe has yeah, maybe it's an impossible thing because it's gotten so big. But you got two years.
0: The problem. You got two years to figure something out. The problem is, or someone people... else has two
1: years to launch a competing service that does do that right. properly, right? And. You, you need know, Deep
0: August to do that. You would, but really someone, someone might see it as worth it. it. It absolutely is worth it. I can tell you that right now it would be worth it. If you could take over YouTube's market, mm-hmm. absolutely it's worth it. Um, I think the problem, it's though. opportunity, kids. The problem, Matt, is it, and I guarantee right now everybody watching this show is saying this, is the only people who think that we're right are the people who create stuff. The people who don't create stuff, the people who just consume stuff, they think we're crazy. They don't, because, and in fact, they don't think we're crazy. They know where we're coming from. Because they can say, what if I worked on something and someone just stole it? Anybody can get that. But they're looking at it like, wait a minute. I use YouTube all day, every day. I cut the cord for YouTube. This is where I get all my entertainment from. And, I mean, we got it, like, Pactor made a little brief speech in the episode that went on YouTube last week about you know, people, it costs money to make content. It costs money to make something. It takes ingenuity. It takes perseverance to make something and you're just stealing it. And so, and the comments we got on that, you wouldn't believe it. How many people were like, I ain't paying for any content. You're, you're just an opinion like anyone else's opinion. And if you go away, I'll just find someone else's opinion. Like that's the way most people think. They don't, Think that there's any value in creating content? They don't care that it costs money to create content. We're on an island, and that's the problem. That's why YouTube has got away with this for so long, because it's like I said, even the politicians are like, "But dang, I love that fishing video that I watch every Saturday." <laughs> it's true. Everybody has something on these platforms that they enjoy, and we're the only people who are fighting the power, so to speak. We're the outliers. Except in this case, the power. Fought, is, the government is the, yeah i mean the government is fighting back in article
1: case. 13 is the power it is yeah if, should it go into, into, into effect in 2021 but
0: i my my feeling is that's not going to happen that people are going to complain and there's mm-hmm. going to be people like you know outside of parliament well, I, well, with pitchforks if, and, well if
1: i were parliament or if i were you know i don't know who's doing i guess it's eu is the eu yeah so it wouldn't apply in Britain, maybe. Right. If they hard, if they hard, if they hard has, Brexit, if they actually get out. Philosophy tube saved. Which who even um, knows what's gonna happen there at this point? But um, no, the uh, like so, whatever. I don't know what the ruling body is in the EU because uh, I'm an American and we don't know things outside of our own country if we even know anything. Most Americans country. don't even know how our um, government no. works. So. So, yeah. <laughs> no. The uh, like my question would be like I think it's a good chance that the uh, is a good chance that the EU would stand firm and say Hey if you got a problem talk to YouTube talk to Facebook like yeah. the, they're the ones that need to deal with it now and like the idea because the idea of actually policing your own business properly doesn't seem crazy to me.
0: It's not crazy. Um, I mean, it's but just really hard. That's what happens when something starts right in that way. I mean, it was illegal. It was illegal what YouTube was doing.
1: This also, by the way, is why we need younger government people.
0: Yeah, that get understand it. these right.
1: new technologies.
0: Like I said, the and, laws And, and government... aren't going to sit
1: there and ask Zuckerberg how they make money.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. We run ads, we run ad, sir. We run ads, sir.
1: It's like, you just made Mark Zuckerberg look funny. <laughs> yeah, Like, and that's hard. Like, <laughs> he had a personality for a second there. Because, you know how hard that is to make... Because come on. you're so ignorant. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and, but again, it's like... We are a very small group of people who create stuff. Yeah, well, I think... And everyone else are consumers, and they're not going to fight for us, man. They're going to fight for themselves, and that's getting free stuff, free content, all the shows they like for free, yeah, whatever. Well, they know what we... just don't Because care. let's don't be care. honest, the whole... YouTube is still crazy illegal. Like, if you go on there at night, like you mentioned earlier, at John night? Oliver's show is on there two hours later. That's put up by HBO's official channel. Yeah. But if you go look... That episode is up a million times on there before HBO even puts it up. So HBO puts it up at like two hours later, as soon as that show's done airing, there are bootleg of that with ads running against it all over YouTube happens with every HBO show. You go on there, yeah. as soon as it's done, I don't see it too much with... with and you want to, you know how they do it? They get around it, they'll zoom in they really zoom far. They zoom in or
1: they change the pitch of the... the they change AM. the I mean, pitch I've of the audio. I, I haven't seen... I haven't seen that with Last Week Tonight too much like uh, since they started doing live streams. So Bill Maher show. Bill Maher way more. Yeah, yep. there's tons There's like tons of channels dedicated to putting Bill Maher's show it's up It's not just
0: HBO. It's everything. It's every yeah. show on television. YouTube is still... Illegal. It's still doing all kinds of illegal stuff on a daily basis. It's still making money off of copyrighted content that it does not own and millions and millions and millions of dollars off of it. And it's just, it's the, it's just become so big. And so important to so many people that we are just this little, small voice. Is that the voice. bulk of it, though? Like, I don't, I don't know if that's the that's bulk That's not the of bulk it. of their business. No, of course not. Like, it's like, because my YouTube No, the bulk of their money is made legitimately.
1: Yeah, my, the bulk of my YouTube experience is, is centered around what would be called YouTubers, like in their original
0: content yeah. and, and analysis and video essays. And that's the other thing that's the other angle of this is transformative works what what they mm-hmm. are what they aren't generally if you go by the book of the law let's plays are not transformative they're mm-hmm. not they they need to be commenting on every moment that happens in the game if they sit there still or take a drink of water or are eating while they're playing or are not paying attention or are not providing commentary at all if there's any dead air that's where they mm-hmm. they go off the reservation that's not a transformative work anymore so Technically, again, let's... that becomes
1: more of a problem for Twitch, I would It does,
0: yeah. And again, that's a problem. So there's no easy answer because the but God way... forbid
1: you run a Nintendo trailer.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at Uber. Uber was such a disruptive idea that it just broke all these laws, made up its own mm. laws, ignored the law, and it again, it got so big mm. that they're like, okay, well, well we have we to can... adjust to it. We have we to can't... adjust to yeah. it. That's exactly right, and that's the way society is going. Look at the uh, the scooters, the Lime scooters. Like they didn't wait for any laws to be passed; mm-hmm. they just bought a shit ton of scooters and just put them on the street, and then put them on my street. They put them on every street, <laughs> and after You're stepping over these things like dead birds. Yep. And then time. what happens is people get on them and they realize these are damn fun. Like I have, a, I had a blast on that scooter riding up and down the beach. Like it's awesome, it's fun. And once there's so many people that are saying I like this it's so hard to dial it back mm-hmm. and bring it back. And I just think that that's, it's not just YouTube or Facebook or Twitch. It's anything that's disruptive because now people just put it out there. They don't worry about the laws or the regulations. They're yeah. like, what, well, there's a phrase that a lot of entrepreneurs use. using. It's slipping my mind right now. It's like, make it till you break it or something like that. Mm-hmm. but. But there's some saying that they all say this, basically like just I think do it's it. make
1: it till they break it. Or no, or it's like that, it? it's
0: like do it now, pay later, or yeah. something like that. Or it's it's the
1: ask forgiveness rather than permission right. thing. Right, it's easy um, to ask for
0: forgiveness and ask for permission. Or like right?
1: the thing went up today where like there there was another company. This has happened before, but another tech company, like disruptor company, is like here we've designed standing airline seats. So, like, seats that you basically, they're like a bicycle seat against a vertical, like, chair, and you kind of lean against it, and that's your, thi- that's your thing. And they look like the most uncomfortable torture devices you could possibly imagine. And, like, they're, they're just out there, it's like, oh, look at this, we can do this, we can, we can cram three times as many people in a, in a flight, da-da-da. And someone's like, yeah, but, like, guess what? you can't assume a crash position in that you can't evacuate those people because they're straddling something and you can't get them out of the yeah. seat in time like you can never get through faa regulation like that so like everyone who's afraid that that's what your long distance flight's going to turn into don't worry because it can't you can't get around the, the regulations on that whereas you don't have that safety valve in something like youtube because nothing like it existed before
0: yep. like that's the key is that. when
1: you're disrupting something that has no or the i mean the uber thing's a good example because it's sort of a, a gray area there because it's like Yes, they were violating all these these like regulations and laws, but they're regulations and laws that no one could ever have foreseen could have been violated on that scale because there was it, it took the advent of cell phones and Wi-Fi and hotspots and all that kind of commerce around it to create the opportunity to even make that happen because a taxicab service would never have done any of that. Right, and then once.
0: The people, who and then when actually... the people are like, "Well,
1: wait, you can't like make me go back to taking cabs again because that's not convenient," and the lawmakers are like, "Well, I want to get elect- re-elected, so I guess we better just change the laws." Well,
0: yeah, because the lawmaker rides in an Uber, and that's he how... takes an Uber to the airport, and that's He's how he like, ruined LAX. Crap. Right? He's like, "Holy crap! I just got to the airport for a third of what I usually pay. There mm. is no way I'm getting rid of this." Like it's the same thing with YouTube or anything else. Once the ma- the mass amount of people get behind it, it's very hard to turn the tide. And I think. I don't think this Article 13 will ever go into law in Europe. I think there's so much time between now that it was passed and until it's enacted that there is just so much crap is going to happen. A lot can happen in
1: the next, like, year and three quarters for sure. Yeah. Uh, So we'll see how that turns out. um, So I wouldn't get
0: too bent out of shape over it. If you support or against it regardless. I wouldn't get too bad out of shape either way. I mean, so I remain in
1: favor of making these companies patrol their own content. Me too. Not even in the sense of just piracy. I guarantee there's
0: not a single person watching this stream right now that will agree with us. Yeah, whatever. Because they don't create content. They don't put their heart and soul in it and all that. As so, Morpheus said, uh, you
1: know, was, it, was it in the Matrix? is like, not everyone shares your beliefs. My beliefs do not require them to. Yeah,
0: I like <laughs> that. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about cause Harai
1: briefly cause
0: mm-hmm. her retired this uh this week from Sony Corporation all the greats are falling it is true like it, it was a big turning point for me like as far as m- how I looked at myself and my age yeah first first, <laughs> first uh, Reggie and now Kaz her Has anyone checked on Jay Allard yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> no one's checked on Jay Allard in a long time actually <laughs> ouch <laughs> but uh how do you feel about it? I mean, I literally felt really old, man, because when the first time I saw Kaz Harai at, like, something in person, he was a young guy. Yeah. And now he's retiring. Yeah. It's, uh, it made me feel very mortal. We like grew it... up with him. <laughs> him and Ridge Racer. <laughs> what will be his ultimate legacy?
1: Um, some really good gifts on NeoGAF. <laughs> um, some like the best neo gifts gifts ever yeah the one god i can't remember who did them it was the it was the one it was like the first one or old e3 like playstation press conference but it was they'd replaced all the heads of people in mission impossible 2 with like um the Microsoft guys and like the thing where he, where he thinks he's killed Tom Cruise when he pulls the the the, the mask off oh, and it's one yeah, of his own yeah. dudes yeah. and it's like it was <laughs> That's a good one. I think it I think it was like it was uh he was pull he was pull, he pulled the mask off and it, instead of being it was disguised the mask he pulls the mask off and it's uh Don Matrick. Yeah, yeah. It's and great. then it just cuts to, like, Kazurai pulling the mask off and running. Yeah. Like, like, And it's just, like, and the PlayStation logo comes on and it's, like, and it's like still here. It's yeah. Like, it, it, it was, it's,
0: it, it was, the, the... The, the, the gap used to be great. Yeah, the, there
1: it was It really a, was awesome. The, 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 long, the creative culture long, that... Soo- I think Sunni Legend, Sunni Legend, I think, is the name of the guy who does those gifs. He does a lot of good gifs. Um, but the, uh the the kind of the, the 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 culture that sprang up surrounding Kaz and sort of him as the figurehead of sony was very entertaining um and he was he was good he was a he was a good front man um outside of that one <laughs> i mean what well, it wasn't his fault that that two thousand and six conference was a
0: disaster but uh he tried yeah i mean his his legacy to me will be the playstation two yeah like the best selling platform ever mm-hmm. i mean that to me is his his uh, feather in his cap yeah he
1: and kutaragi pretty much uh i will
0: anyway always associate kutaragi with the playstation
1: 3 me too but like he was still there for the two he was yeah the, but I, mean, I mean he
0: designed the playstation 2 he designed yeah, the original yeah. playstation i mean yes
1: in my head when you say kutaragi my first thing is like god the cell processor was a terrible idea yeah. but like um yeah kaz is uh you know he, he's maybe not as prominent as like you know outside of the niche core audiences is somebody like Reggie would be, who was a little more public-facing in places. But yeah. uh, he's, he's one of the giants, I think.
0: No, absolutely one of the giants. Um, and people probably know this, but maybe they don't. And, and that is his last few years working at Sony. He didn't really work on PlayStation at all. They were still a part of his purview. They, he technically was over the PlayStation brand, but he had moved on to work, and you can see it here, at mm-hmm. one of these uh, events that he was speaking at, just to speak more generally about Sony's products, cameras yeah. and televisions and everything else that Sony makes. If you don't even realize all the stuff that sony makes um and so it, it was it was good to see someone from our industry prove that they could move into some other industry and also be successful and disruptive as he did so um but yeah i think most people though when they think about cause they're gonna think about that lower third right there ridge yeah. racer i mean that really is what i think he will ultimately be known for <laughs> forever
1: yeah, that will be the, the... The retrospectives will feature clips from that. Like,
0: when you and Google cause her eye in 20 599 years... US dollars. It's going to be a meme of Ridge Racer. Right. It's such a shame that all his work is going to simmer down to some stupid meme. But isn't that like the way society is now
1: yeah but also like, everything
0: is simmered down to a meme also he doesn't you know he wasn't as kind of involved in a more regular
1: basis as like kind of the nintendo guys are with yeah. the directs and stuff he, he's just sort of showed up for these you know once a year things or twice a year things and if one of those once a year things goes wrong it's all on him that's what you're gonna remember you know yeah at least he wasn't the guy doing the uh doing the giant enemy crab demo <laughs>
0: but i think he tossed to him didn't he
1: oh yeah he introduced all that stuff <laughs> He did Ridge Racer. I think he was involved in the Eye of Judgment thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's take a look at some of the other great things that's coming to PlayStation. It was just like a long shot of a rhino chewing grass from Africa. You know, yeah. That, that yeah. game Africa, which that's is right. worth like two hundred <laughs> bucks now.
0: Are you kidding like, me? It's
1: very rare. It was. It was a. It was, it's a valuable game now. Wow.
0: Yeah. I never would have guessed that. Um, but you can see later in his career, like they just showed PlayStation VR for literally like two seconds. Yeah. was well, a general it kind it was of Sony Sony thing. Yeah. Like, but
1: notice that you they, forget about it because Sony Computer Entertainment was the only profitable wing of Sony for right. a very long time.
0: Yeah, which makes sense for why they would promote him up and to do other things. Oh so, yeah, he
1: he was he ran the the good the good part basically.
0: Did. And he did a good job with Sony too. He yeah. started turning like the company at large around. Yeah, so. which was
1: something that a lot of people like analysts did not think was necessarily possible even.
0: It's like it's like drive like steering the Titanic.
1: Yeah oh yeah <laughs> like it's that big. and none of the none of the divisions like each other and they all think they're in competition they never and so, really no, spoke with no, each yeah, other there's no synergy happening they all resent the playstation brand because it was like this the it was kind of the the it was like the successful older sibling where like you know the corporate home was like why can't you be more like your brother playstation yeah who actually brings home a salary once in a while you
0: know? <laughs> so who's uh who's left from the old guard at this point matt at sony anywhere in oh. the industry um
1: oh well, i mean uh, mark cerny is still in there yeah doing his researchy thing and making mac games making
0: more teraflops <laughs> than the google yeah. stadia
1: um phil harrison it's over at stadia
0: he just reappeared after yeah. being gone for, for a while. a yeah. long while um there aren't many left where's jack tretton now nobody knows <laughs> not, nobody knows not even him <laughs> i don't think even he knows <laughs> they're all gone like yeah. all the old guard are gone we're
1: getting to the point where jeff keely is one of the old statesmen no you're right
0: i mean and so are we i hate to say it but yeah we're not quite as high profile as no jeff that's keely. not what i meant i didn't mean that we were like as, as popular or as known as keely but we're part of the old guard like well, yeah absolutely it's interesting aging sucks <laughs> I don't like
1: anything about it. Do you? Yeah, I'm fine. Everything's okay. Everything's fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on.
1: We're going to talk next about Val. I felt pretty much the same since I was 27. I'm a, yo, really? Call me when the arthritis kicks in, then I'll complain more.
0: No, it's really just been the last couple of years for me where I was like, man, I'm getting old. Before that, I didn't. Well, I, I
1: recognize that in terms of like a chronological thing. I mean, you know, what, two days ago, it was the 20th anniversary of The Matrix.
0: Yeah, that's which, pretty scary. Which in my head
1: is still kind of a new movie.
0: Which also <laughs> means like the 20th anniversary of the PlayStation 2.
1: Right. And the 20th anniversary in a couple months. 20th anniversary of next month, 20th anniversary of uh, The Phantom Menace. It's crazy. Which, by the way, it had only been 16 years since Return of the Jedi when that came out. Yeah. That was forever. <laughs> now it's longer. Nuts.
0: All right, we got to move on. We've got limited time left and a couple more topics. So we're going to talk next about Valve and VR. We haven't talked about VR in this on the show in a long, long time, and for good reason because it's basically become—I don't want to say irrelevant, but increasingly less relevant over the last mm-hmm. year and a half. Uh, I think we did actually talk about PlayStation VR a little bit last week because Sony's yeah, state so of play yeah, was all some PlayStation stuff VR. Now. Uh, but Valve had kind of ponied up with HTC and so HTC mm. Vive was the official VR HMD of Steam and then rumors started circulating circulating and then about a year ago GabeN made some comment about how he was jealous of Nintendo for being able to create hardware and software and then the rumor mill really started swirling Oh <laughs> well,
1: you don't do either so Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> I can see why you'd be
1: jealous of it. It
0: appears that that's all about to change, though. So, after some leaks, some people found some pages on Steam. Eventually, Mm -hmm. Doug Lombardi from Steam, who we both have known for decades and decades, confirmed that, yes, in fact, Valve is working on its own Mm -hmm. HMD called Index. And so, the first question I have is why? Why not? i mean I other know. than gabe saying i'm jealous of nintendo because they make hardware i mean why isn't that enough <laughs> for i guess when you one have of that, the richest men on the planet that is enough said, yeah I it's like right. yeah like, touche. done i stand corrected
1: and who knows what their relationship or their experience with htc was and maybe they still believe in the vr thing
0: but they don't want to deal with another company for it yeah you know? I also would. I mean, be surprised. clearly, HTC I mean, has HCC's been trying to sell its VR division as well, yeah. so maybe this is. Uh, I mean, a-
1: clearly, there's some, there's some similarities, and because there's clearly lighthouse sensors on this thing, so it's, I think it's using the same tracking method. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I like, I'm excited to see kind of the VR stuff progress more and more. So I'm glad they're not like walking away from it. I am a little nervous that my old joke about Half Life Three being a VR exclusive game might not be, be all a that joke it a might, joke. Up, <laughs> might not be too funny much longer uh, we you playing Half-Life 3 by the end of the year and he I mean Gabe even said or someone, was it Gabe somebody even said it's like for anyone upset about Half-Life like, hang on you know, don't, don't, get, don't die yet
2: yeah yeah
1: somebody says like oh is Half-Life 3 going to come out before I'm dead and he's like don't die yet and like I don't know like he could just be, could just be <laughs> screwing people but it's like <laughs> but uh, you know that would that would you know people would gripe but they'd probably buy it
0: to play Half-Life 3 I, I think How mean would that be? Oh, that would be the meanest. Yeah. The meanest. You <laughs> you have to spend five hundred dollars to play Half Life Three. Mm-hmm. That's a position that a lot of people would struggle with. Like some people say, Oh that's crazy, no whatever Oh yeah. I would think about it. Yeah. I mean, I would think about just buying Valve's VR headset anyway, because just based upon Valve's reputation, I would assume it's going to be the best VR headset.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Vive was. It was, sure. yeah. I mean, not, I, it's been in a box for a year and a half, yeah. but like, it's not, there's nothing to play on it. But, like, um, I mean, there is. But it's There just, is, just, but it's a lot, of,
0: like all the other stuff there was to play on it.
1: Yeah, look, there's a point at which I'm just not going to drill holes in a wall to play... Yeah, a VR game. Another VR game. Yeah. Um, But this looks like it does still use the lighthouses, so I have to figure out a solution to that. But anyway... Um, I mean, I think about it, it depends. Like, like I, I, the more these things move towards a more self-contained, like, you know, just pick it up and put it on, and you're going. Like, that's a more interesting, you know, the wirelessness, self-contained elements. It doesn't like, look it like doesn't, this is going to. Doesn't be look that. like it's on the level of like that new Oculus thing. Yeah. You know? But when you know, maybe they're going for resolution, maybe they're going for fidelity. Quality. You know
0: yeah. So people like me don't get sick. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> I'm down with that. It just no one knows better than Valve how much of a disaster Vive was. It knows that it never sold. It knows that it sold maybe a million in the whole time it's been available. It knows because it's the one who sells all the software for it. It knows how much software it has or has not sold for it. Uh, It knows its own products that it made for Vive. What was it called? VR Labs or whatever? The Lab. The Lab? It was free, though. It was free, yeah. So, One of the best
1: things on the on the headset yeah i know
0: that's the crazy part about it and it was free and it was like right there at launch so you know it's hard to question valve because valve has more data than anyone it knows better than anyone whether this
1: is worth pursuing Yeah, they know if this is a bad idea or not and they've also been through some bad ideas of hardware yeah i mean they're just coming off the steam box thing
0: right steam box steam link i mean yeah they ended up basically having to give those away yeah
1: dollar 50 yeah point the last sale i think
0: yep and so it so either, could, either
1: Gabe's a glutton for punishment, or uh, they think there's still some life left in this one.
0: Maybe this is, like, Gabe's last stand or something. Maybe this is him saying, you know what, I'm not going to do this it's, much longer. You know,
1: if this doesn't yeah. work, we'll just make Half-Life 2. Ta- right. Let's we'll make or, Half-Life Episode 3.
0: Or his perspective is, like, this is my gift or whatever. Like, this mm-hmm. is the last thing I want to do before I retire. I mean, he's getting old and... How much longer does he want to do this crap? Like, maybe this is him saying, you know, I want to go in with one last project, and the last project is going to have Half-Life 3 attached to it, and I can ride out like a champ. Maybe. I mean, he could do that anyway, but...
1: We think... It we... just
0: seems like a really big, dumb move don't to me. I about that. I mean, yeah, how expensive it is to create a piece of hardware like that. Yeah, but that. you're still in the
1: situation... You're, you're not thinking in terms of entrepreneurial thought, like the... Whoever hits this fir- gets this right first is gonna rule an ho- a whole new wing of media, and all these. See, I'm guys... not
0: convinced of that yet with VR.
1: Oh, it's coming. Maybe it's 10, 15 years out. I just think AR you know it
0: might be the technology that does not that. Not until
1: AR stops being four thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, and we already kind of had a little experiment with that with Google Glass, and that thing hit a wall faster than you could say, they "I did. don't want to wear a stupid thing on my face." Um, AR, I'll tell you what AR is going to have to be. AR is going to have to either be built into normal glasses or be a a contact lens.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And that's a long way out. Uh, But this is also a totally different experience. Like, you know, like AR and VR, I don't really consider equivalents. I consider them kind of sibling technologies. They're just Bleeding edge tech. They're bleeding edge tech that do similar ideas, but like, you know, it's just not... You don't get the same thing out of each one. I'm not oh, saying. No. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I mean, one
0: other. is all-consuming, and the other one intentionally keeps you yeah. in the real world. Um, and I like both of them. I Me like, too. Uh, yeah.
1: I, I like both stuff. But like VR, I think has more cultural cachet, just in the sense that like everybody knows what it is. Even if you don't care about it, you still know when someone puts those goggles on in a movie that that's what they're doing. Um, I mean, AR, your touchstone for that is basically uh, Minority Report. Um, which is still cool but uh, it doesn't it doesn't quite have you know we've been seeing VR stuff in, in mass entertainment since you know we were Star children. Trek yeah, yeah it goes way way back um, I mean that's the dream isn't it the holodeck it where, always has where been. you don't have to yeah. actually put a thing on anything just,
0: on yeah. yeah it just appears in front of your eyes
1: but I can see why someone like Gabe would want like to still have his hand in on this thing and still be moving forward to try and evolve it uh, especially when you know it's not like Rift has given up it's not like PlayStation's given up like it's Rift it, it, has
0: Facebook money yeah
1: and gabe has gabe money and playstation has sony money like this is this is not a payday developers gig here you know with whatever they were working on that for if you remember that yeah star Starbreeze's star right. weird foray yeah, the star into, whatever yeah what do you think about it being called the index like i'm trying to figure out what that implies
0: i don't know i'm kind of ambivalent to it like, like it, the
1: finger or like the the contents of a book i don't
0: know i honestly have no idea the logo for it makes even less sense (laughs) it's a circle with two half circles Hmm. have you seen it Mm -mm. yeah it's like a it's a circle and then the other circle has been cut in half but they're like two pac-man facing the circle hmm I, i it's very weird i have no clue what it means none at all but we're gonna find out soon because apparently the big announcement is coming on may 31st and they go up for pre-order on June 1st, right before E3 kicks off. Mm. Um, so we don't, we shouldn't have to wait much longer. You like don't I know the price yet? No, they yeah. haven't announced that. Uh, we do have some recommended specs, and the specs for this are shockingly light. Uh, so it will come with Knuckles controllers, which are those crazy ones that I talked about mm. last week. That, that track g- your fingers. That game yeah. Bone Yard or whatever uses. I always forget the name of it. Bone Works. Bone mm-hmm. Works. Bone um, Works. So, it's coming with Knuckles controllers. It, it, this requirements are a GTX 1070 and eight gigabytes of RAM, hmm. which I was shocked at. And those were recommended. That wasn't the base, that was the recommended specs. A GTX 1070 and only eight gigs of RAM. Mm-hmm. So, it sounds like Valve has had some kind of a breakthrough in some way. I don't know. That seems very, very light for what's basically the third generation of VR HMDs.
1: Well, it's going to depend what kind of resolution it's pushing. If, I mean, look, they could keep the same resolution that the Vive had and just improve the screens. Right, yeah. And that would be a big enough upgrade as it is, because the screen door effect is definitely in play.
0: It's definitely with PlayStation VR as well. It's not
1: as bad as PlayStation VR, but like it's still there. I, I, I t- and the other thing, of course, is... I'm curious about eye tracking. Yeah. Eye tracking to me is very, is very important because one of, the th- one of the most notable things about the Vive is the narrow field of focus and how it, because you move your eyes, to, you know, if you move your head to look at everything in the Vive, it's fine. But if you use your eyes, to, if you move your eyes, things over here are not necessarily in focus. Right. Yeah. And like that's not how our eyes work and the problem is you are more likely to move your eyes to look around the more convinced you are of the environment because yeah. that's how you, you you move around to look around so like the basically as soon as you get that's the problem i used to have with the vibe that, that was annoying was like as soon as i'd get immersed i'd move my eyeballs instead of my head and everything would be out of focus in the corner of the screen and i'd pull it pull me out right you know so if you as soon as you can figure out a tech that like realizes where you're looking and can refocus things on the screen wherever that happens to be like that's a key move i think that's one of the holy grails right now yeah i don't know i will be interested to see
0: how that how that works but no price announced, think. no date for its release. Again, they are going to unveil it the thirty first, and then pre orders open June first. But other than that, that's all the info we got. Yeah. I'm so. just
1: interested. I'm wondering, like, why am I pre ordering this? For, like, are there any?
0: getting mean, it's I mean,
1: at least PlayStation showed me some games coming. Up.
0: Maybe on the thirty first, they show you Half Life three. I could get, that might, that <laughs> might do it. I have a feeling that might have make you plunk down your credit card.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The it depends that, on how good it looks. Good it looks, and the fact that it's still wired is a little yeah disappointing. But
0: Well, it's either that, or you have a, an HMD that lasts for like 45 minutes, and you got to recharge it. Yeah. Which, which, What's the lesser of those two evils?
1: I don't know. I mean, you could give me like a little battery pack. Yeah. In. The problem I have is like my PC is not in a place... It, the irony is, in my old apartment, I had more room near my PC right. to do the VR stuff, and I don't really have that in the house. And uh, I'd have to, I'd basically have to get a new little box to do VR and put it out in like the main room and like move the couch and shit. And it's just like, at that point, what am I doing? You know, like you're letting
0: it take over your life. Right. (laughs) But (laughs) you'd you'd have to
1: like, you'd have to rearrange the room to play it. And it's just like, it's fun the first few times or like to show people who haven't done it. But how often am I going to move a couch
0: and do it by yourself to play Beat Saber? Right. (laughs) You know, it's like,
1: mm, yeah, maybe I'll just play Sekiro again.
0: Yep. Yep. So we'll get more information Security on that. Sekiro doesn't require heavy lifting. It doesn't. Mentally, maybe. Just, just yelling. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, so we'll get more information on that soon. Uh, an interesting development, though. I, I really didn't think that Valve would get into hardware, particularly after what happened with its prior forays into hardware. Um, I'm not complaining that I got, like, a Steam Link really cheap, but, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's what kind of, like, makes me wonder more about it. it. Makes me more curious, just because they must think, even with all the lessons they must have learned with all their hardware problems, they must think there's something here. They must have a killer app. Is my yeah. guess.
0: Half Life Three, baby. Or Easy.
1: half. Or Half Life prequel. Right. Either one. Half Life. Anything something. new, Half Life. Half Life something is a killer app. Portal something. Yeah. Like, there's going to be something in there that you're going to need a VR set headset to do.
0: Yep. All right. Let's move on to our last topic of today's show. We're going to talk about Mortal Team Fortress Three.
1: <laughs> God, can you? Imagine? That would be huge too. It would be huge, but it would make a lot of people vomit. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Our last topic of the day is Mortal Kombat 11. I was in the closed beta. Uh, That was going going on the past week for people who pre-ordered, but Mm. Warner Brothers hooked me up with a code. And uh, it had like five fighters. Um, I mostly played a scorpion because I've been playing with him for years and years. And uh, so I know like how to do his fatalities and most of his base moves. And I didn't have a lot of time to play, so I wanted to make sure I didn't waste my time learning characters while I was playing it. Uh, But there's like five characters. There's like one stage. The modes that were in the closed beta, you could play head-to-head online or you could play through like the towers. Mm -hmm. Um, And the tower that they had there were just the fighters that were in the beta. So it was only like a five fighter tower that you had to go through. But you could choose multiple difficulty settings to play the the tower solo. Um, Where do I start? So the first thing I would say is and I haven't played a ton of the last couple Mortal Kombat's. I would play them for a while and then kind of fall off. I definitely played Injustice more um, over its last couple entries, but they both of them play very similarly mm. at the same time. So it's not like you're a fish out of water if you're playing one and try to play the other. Uh, the first thing I would say about it is it feels more like an old Mortal Kombat to me. So the last couple Mortal Kombats I played, and even Injustice to an extent... It was faster. Like um, there was a run button. There there's no run button in this. So when I would play like the last couple games from NetherRealm, it seemed like as soon as a fight started, a dude would just charge at me. And then annihilate me before I even had a chance to like learn how to play or whatever. This this game is a much more thoughtful. There's and you can even see with NetherRealm playing it here, it's a lot more about your positioning and your distance. Like you play footsies a lot more in this than you did in prior MK games. It's not just like a rush and just try to overcome your opponent with a barrage or a combo or a juggle or something like that it's a lot more thoughtful um some people may call it slow but i actually prefer the the slower pace the way this game Mm -hmm. plays i was never a big fan of the run button mortal
1: Kombat 3 is kind of where the game the series lost me
0: yep that's where it went to a more fast like frantic style of play now because
1: that was the thing at the time you know like the you know everything had to have a turbo mode
0: yep but that, honestly, after playing this for a couple of days, that's what stood out to me the most. The game is is a slower pace, more deliberate. It feels like it has more of that call and response aesthetic to it, like the old Mortal Kombat's did. It's almost like you take turns, like attacking each other in this. Whereas I felt like the last couple MKs I played, they were just it would just seem like it was just mania, just trying to get that hit in to stop a combo or roll out. Now I think what most people will assume is the biggest change to this game is the meters and it is a big change Mm -hmm. so in the last game basically the offensive and the defensive this game is gross too by the way the offensive and the defensive meters kind of were the same so there's moments in the game where you need to get out of a combo you need to roll out of a combo or maybe you want to add a little more oomph to an attack in the past you had one meter for that now that's changed you have a separate meter for each one of them so Say you want to throw a fireball. Well, if you want, you can add a second fireball to it by using the offensive part of the meter. Uh, on defense, if you're caught in a combo or a juggle and you need to get out and you're about to die, you can use the defensive meter to overpower the enemy and get out of things that you normally wouldn't be able to get out of. And it adds a lot of strategy to the game. And again, in, in combination with the kind of the more technical distance-based combat, it, it makes the game feel way more thoughtful than it used to be. And I like both of those changes a lot. The one thing I don't like is a new mechanic called the Fatal Blow. So as you play and you take damage, when it gets, when your, your health gets down to 30% left, you get a Fatal Blow. And Fatal Blows are very easy to pull off. You basically just squeeze both triggers. Now when you do that, your character basically slashes. If that slash lands then the fatal blow happens. You can block it just like any other attack though. So it is easy to stop a fatal blow if you block exactly right. You can basically cancel it out. And then if you're the person who had the fatal blow cancel out, another meter pops up. You don't have to wait all the whole distance for it to get another chance at it, but you do have to wait a little bit. Another meter pops up that basically says, okay, now you can try it again once it's done. My problem with the fatal blows are they're way too long and they're the same so every character basically has one fatal blow so what happens is if you're winning the match and you get your enemy down to 30 percent immediately they pull off their fatal blow if you don't block it you have to sit and watch the cinematic and they last i don't know i don't want to exaggerate probably eight to ten seconds each fatal blow and each character just has one or at least in the beta they only have one maybe in the final game they have more than one but after you've fought a couple times, you get so sick of watching those fatal blows. Um, the mechanic of it is fine. Um, like, ap- when you get hit with a fatal blow, it'll typically take about a third of your health bar, something like that. So it's not like a finisher. That'll just, like, drain your health bar from down to zero. So if you're winning a match and someone pulls a fatal blow on you, you can generally withstand it and and still be alive. And chances are what happens is that you can see there. So in the top left fatal blow is flashing mm. r or r1 r2 or whatever so well actually it's going to demonstrate exactly what i said so they do the fatal blow on you that means you're down below 30 percent now so if you after you survive that fatal blow you can pull off your fatal blow right away immediately but they last forever like scorpions literally i think last like 12 seconds and it's the same one every single time and the first couple times you see them they're great because you can see well, here's one right here they're amazing they're gory they're fantastical you never could have about nine seconds it oh, was that nine seconds yeah so but after you see them three times you don't want to see them anymore there's no way to skip it because skipping it would be weird because how do you bring both players back to the fight then it's going to be an awkward like transition to get people back yeah. into the fight well it sounds pretty much like the x-ray
1: moves uh, except it's a different. But the interesting thing about now, the this X-ray
0: is, moves have been turned into something is, else is how called the crushing blows. It's how they've
1: separated out all that because they used to they separated everything out from the one meter, um, which I think is a is a way of because um, look it's the, smart. It's smart because well in the in the in the previous ones like the problem was that um, the most valuable thing you could use meter for was combo breakers. Yeah, and so everyone, especially in the tournament, they would scenes, never use them for anything. Would never else. use because you needed the combo breaker. You yep. could never waste it on an X-ray or or anything like that because. Or sometimes even not a uh, just a powered up, you know, EX move because you need to have that combo breaker ready in case you got caught. Yeah. Um, so separating them out is a good idea. It's just interesting how many separate things there are now to, to, to deal with and keep track of. It's not that hard to do. I would manage. guess the fatal blow things are not going to be particularly relevant in um, competition fighting. because it seems like they're pretty easy to blow. There's sort of a come from behind mechanic for like people that sort of like mash a little bit it's more. True. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, you never know what people are gonna like. You know, you're talking about how it's slower and more methodical. But I have a feeling when you see it, like like, like Evo, it's yeah. gonna be, it's gonna <laughs> yeah, just be like, like oh what? my god, it's not like, the same game I yeah. was playing. But the fact that there's so many kind of cinematic moves where people get their bones broken and stuff does feel like it slows. It's intent. are intentionally t- trying to slow the game rhythm down. A little and bit. I'm
0: okay with like the actual rhythm of the fighting slowing down a little bit. It's it's the fatal blows that last like 10 seconds. That just slows everything down and stops it. And again, it's cool the first few times you see it, but like anything else, you get desensitized to it, and you're just like, I really don't need to see this skull crushed again. Like, I don't need to see the eyeball pop out again. I saw it the first like five times. Maybe You should
1: be able to use a meter to skip the, the <laughs> blows. That's
0: I don't funny. want to see it. Like, yeah. I'm just
1: gonna use a quarter of my meter and skip this.
0: Uh, you were talking about the X-ray moves. Now they're called crushing blows in this, and uh, basically, it's the way—at least the way I they work they seem to work for me is just catching the enemy at the at the right place at the right time it didn't seem like there's not like moves that you pull off that are a crushing blow like just suddenly if you just caught your uppercut just right instead of just doing a normal uppercut it would zoom in and you would show the uppercut hitting the jaw And sort of the jaw smashing and all that so that seemed to happen pretty organically it wasn't something that felt like it was triggered or anything like that i think it was just kind of a a reward for nailing your timing at least that's the way it seemed to me i could be wrong on that but that seemed to be the way that it operated Uh, there's also a blood a bleed mechanic in the game so after someone does uh one of the crushing blows on you you start bleeding and you will keep bleeding until you land an attack. So mm. after you've taken a crushing blow, you need to get back in the fight like right away. Because if you don't, you're going to start bleeding out. And you're going to keep losing your health. Again, another system that I think is cool and I, and I like, and I think it makes sense. So I enjoyed my time with Mortal Kombat. Uh, the I will say this: like playing the single player stuff in the beta was really, really easy. Um, like I played normal, and I mean I was just walking through the AI. So hopefully. You know, for those of you who don't play online or don't play against others much, and you want to play the single player, and obviously with a campaign like Mortal Kombat has, you are going to want to play it by yourself. The way it is right now, the AI is just a freaking joke. So I'm sure that will not be the case. I hope not. T- I, I hope that's something that if they there's fixed. one
1: thing that defines some of these uh, Nether Realms games is that you hit those AI blockades where it's like, nope. Goro,
0: where it's just impossible. Yeah. Like I remember him in the arcade, man. I can't tell you how much money I wasted trying to beat him in the arcade. Yeah, Goro never, bought...
1: those guys. It was Kintaro that was the hardest one for me. Yeah, the, the Centaur in two. And I'm in, I'm into like what they're doing with the story here, where they're having the, the younger and the older versions of the characters meet. And
0: the the other hate thing too other. about the customization. So the customization is crazy. Like it is mm. mind blowing how much you can tweak your characters. Now they've been very smart about allowing that stuff only in certain modes because what happens is it actually improves your character it makes him a better fighter a stronger fighter so there are like they they've quarantined that off so if people want to play a mode where yeah everybody's got a character that's beefed up by all this gear mm-hmm. that they've attached to him you can do it if you want to fight tournament style where the rules are just the rules you can do that as well well i think that
1: i mean injustice 2 had that where you could you could do that, but in like certain modes, the bonus is applied. In, like com- competitive modes, they were just yeah, cosmetic. Some,
0: they're just cosmetic. Yeah, that's that's the way it's gonna work here as well. I um, mean, there are like three different versions of each character. Like Scorpion, there's three of them. There's like the classic guy. There's like the more futuristic looking guy that almost looks like Jason X. Mm. And then there's like Ed Boon's take on it or whatever. Mm. And I like that. Like, and they ch- it changes. Like one of them fights mostly with a chain. One of them fights mostly with a pole, and it does alternate how you play with that character. So even though there's a roster, uh, roster with X number of fighters, actually within that roster, there are legitimately variations to play with each character that fundamentally change how you would play with that character. So whatever the final character count is for this game, and it appears like they're going more for traditional and not adding as many characters this time, but we'll see. Whatever the final character count is for this game, that is not truly the character count for it. There's mm-hmm. going to be sort of hidden stuff in there for you guys to check out. But otherwise, I would say I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I got my butt kicked mostly online. I think I won like one out of five matches or something like that. And a lot of that was the people who were playing. I was level three and they were level like 15. There were some people who played this game, that beta, from the moment it launched. Like, the whole time. Hmm. It was insane, the fight record some of these people had. Like, one guy I fought had won already, like, 130 times. I was like, holy crap, dude. Like, you have not slept since this beta came out. So, uh, the matchmaking did not seem great. Unless I was the only, like, level 2 to level 5 character in the whole beta. Every time I fought, it was someone way, way more experienced than I was. So, hopefully, again, that's something that gets fixed for the final version. And I'm assuming it will. But... But otherwise, I had a blast playing it. I, I still like Mortal Kombat. I still like playing Mortal Kombat. I love the flow and the ebb of the game. Um, it felt really good to pull off one of Sub-Zero's finishers, although the controls have been switched, so his old finisher where he would turn into the dragon... Or no, that's... Wait, which that, one? That was Liu Kang. That's Liu Kang. Yeah. sub Zero's used to be you pulled down his mask and breathe fire, right? No, that was Scorpion. Scorpion. That's what I'm talking about. Scorpion. Now, that same move is not the same fatality he does like a different thing now but it was fun like uh you know I, I was trying to do the fatality and i realized i was too close and i had to find like that perfect distance away and it like it just brought back a lot of memories of back in the arcade days for me it made, made me feel like a kid again for a little bit which doesn't happen very often so i was pretty impressed with it uh i would have liked to there for there to be a little more content in the beta than there was uh but what i played i enjoyed a ton so i think it's uh it's full steam ahead For Mortal Kombat 11, if you're excited about it and you've got your pre-order in, I think you're all good. I think you're gravy. I think you're going to have a good time with it. And if you're on the fence, I think it's something you should definitely look into. I'm guessing there will be an open beta. Is that like this weekend? Maybe. I mean, it comes out like next week. Yeah. So So maybe there is an open beta this this weekend. And I highly, highly recommend everybody check it out, even people who maybe don't like fighting games all that much. Because Mortal Kombat is kind of in a Mm. class all on its own. I guess at the same time, people know by now whether they like it or not. Yeah, I don't think this one's going to change your mind. <laughs> no. If not... no, it's not that different. It's still Mortal Kombat. So if you haven't liked the, the ebb and flow of it in the past, you're probably not going to like this one either. All right, it's time for our trailer of the week. And it's always tough to choose a trailer of the week when you have a convention. Because all the big trailers come from the convention, but then you use those trailers to talk about the games that were in the convention. So it was a bit of a struggle this week, but ultimately I think the biggest trailer that wasn't a part of the rest of the show was Call of Duty Black Ops 4. It has released a brand new Blackout Battle Royale map, but that's not all, Matt. Another one of Pac's predictions, I believe, is absolutely coming true. Blackout is going to be free all of April. Hmm. So how do you make a mode free for a month and then try to charge people for it? Can you do that? They're going to try. I don't know. I think this might be end up being permanent but anyway, they were smart when they announced the free month they also announced the second map for blackout Alcatraz. let's roll it
1: Of redeploying. Good as new. Got you. Circle collapse imminent. You
2: have a nice day. a pit a over Are you a I'm the general, but I'm not being worse. Talk my soldiers are ready to put a black horse on them.
0: So Matt and I were saying during the trailer, we're like, how do you charge for this now after yeah. Apex Legends? You can't.
1: You're just, you just also ran territory. Yeah. That
0: I mean, and then Matt was like, well, for the, and I said, well, I don't think they're going to. I think after this April period, I think they're just going to leave it free because how do you go back and charge people for something after you let them have it free for a month? You can't really. And then Matt said, well, then those people should get crazy cosmetics.
1: Yeah, the people who actually paid for it. And I was
0: like, yeah, you should. You should get, like, the best cosmetics in the game. And then Matt made a good point. And he's like, well, he's like, if you actually wear those cosmetics, then you look like the sucker who paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very yeah, good point. That's so. the thought that counts, right? Yeah. But once again, pack on the money. Man, he is on a roll Like, seriously, like, all his predictions have come true for, like, the last, like, year and a half. And some of the predictions he had been making for, like, two years, like, it just kills me when people get on him. Like, you need to pay more attention. He's doing a hell of a job. Uh, W. Matthew, have to ask, what's your guys' take on Jason Schreier's story on BioWare published today? We talked about it already in other topics. Mm -hmm. Great work, as always. Um... Majora Tom 91, how would you rate the viability on my prediction for the next consoles? Both will have tiered models. In um, regards to specs and power, both are minimum syst- Both bare minimum systems will be more powerful than Stadia, though not by much. Will cost between 299 and 399. That's where I think we may we may differ. Um, they also have a Pro X model that could be 499 or above. You definitely see this happening with Sony, given they're also selling PSVR 2. Well, <laughs> I, I, think I mean, we kind of talked about this already. Yeah,
1: a fair amount. Maybe you tuned in late. But I do think it's uh, you're looking at 500 bucks period. Minimum. Uh, you're, not looking minimum. At, you're not looking at a Pro or an X model tiering, but you are looking at disc or no disc drive. Um, yeah, and which then Which I think will be the same price. Um, but I'm guessing you're paying 500 bucks for these things.
0: I think if you're really going to beat Stadia, if you're going to go over 10 teraflops, yeah, I think you're going to have to charge more than 500 bucks. Now, the rest of your stuff, I think, makes sense. I just think your pricing is wishful thinking. I just don't think there's any way they're going to get the price down, if it is, in fact, that powerful. Justin Horman, what are your thoughts on the dude getting 20 years for causing a death from a swatting call? Will this be enough of a deterrent, or do you think the people who do this crap don't care about consequences or think they won't get caught? First of all... Let's give a high five for the guy getting 20 years. Yep. Deserves it. And I hope he serves all 20 years in prison. I hope he doesn't get out early for any reason. Um, yes. I, I, I don't know how this could not be a deterrent. Well, I mean. Dude, I, 20 years in prison for that skinny little runt. I mean, the only thing I'll
1: say is I, I do kind of agree with Justin in the sense that, like, in his last part of his question is, like, do you think the people that are doing this are thinking critically well enough to even understand what deterrent would mean in this game you're probably still gonna have people doing it anyway i mean nothing's 100 percent deterrent i mean people it's a pretty pretty good thing
0: people who shoot up schools knowing either they're gonna kill themselves or they're gonna be in prison for the rest of their lives they still do it so sure there are some people i think more people people who aren't psychotic who are just maybe a little twisted yeah i think it is a deterrent people if people can still understand what prison is
1: it is absolutely a deterrent. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's a fine sentence. Um, yeah. yeah. Some people are saying it was too much. I do not agree with that. How's I it too much? He killed someone. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't send SWAT. If you're worried about it, about going to prison for 20 years, don't send SWAT teams to people's houses. That you don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, Or crazy, at all. Like, right. don't just send I mean, SWAT the crazy, teams to people. I mean, the crazy part is the guy who was killed in this had nothing to do with the SWAT. Right. Like, they sent him to an address where somebody else had lived. And the guy walks out, and the cops just shoot him. And, I mean, look, the cops are partly guilty for this as well. Like, you don't just walk into someone's house and shoot him when he walks out. Like, but if none of that happens, <coughs> if this dumbass yeah. doesn't swat. So I am totally fine with that sentence. And I hope it's a deterrent. I think there are some people out there that are just so crazy and lonely and weird that it won't be. But I think for the vast majority of people it will be yeah it's
1: not going to stop everything but yep. at the very least it's at least a good sign that like you know the justice system is caught up with this new crime basically because that was part of the problem for a while was like there was no information about how to deal with this for he's like it's almost like what we we're talking about with the youtube thing it's like it's like you had to wait for the for lo- law to catch up to this new way to do horrible things yeah so it sucks
0: man Oh hey freeze frame rate and carl carlston thank you very much for subscribing via twitch prime i appreciate it and thanks for waiting until the end so we can thank you as well um here's one from freeze frame rate since you subscribe we'll answer your question uh what were your thoughts on the gearbox conference uh what was worse about it the the head of the company doing magic tricks or that the reveal trailer for borderlands 3 had serious technical issues Probably the latter. Yeah, um, although the magic I, tricks
1: were—I expect Randy to do magic tricks. Though. <laughs> he just
0: had to impose it on everybody. Yeah, everybody knows he loves to do magic. When people go to his house, he forces them into this theater where he does his little magic show. He had to force this on everybody. Mm-hmm. He had to. He, he's like, I do magic, and I'm going to do magic on stage at Pax. I thought it was awkward and weird.
1: I don't know. Like, it, it maybe it would be less awkward and weird if people were more familiar with him. Right. Like, and knew it, that that's what he does. It is what he does. Yeah. He's the, he's a, like, the, I think the great nephew of one of the the great Cardini. Right. One yeah, of the, one of the magician. classic magicians. Yeah. Like, like, one of the guys, like, the prestige is, is oh, referenced, you based know? Based on, yeah. Um, well, I don't think he, he, I don't think he had a teleporting Tesla <laughs> machine, but like, Um, it's that kind of, when you think of a magician, like his, his great uncle, I think it's his great uncle, was, uh, basically one of those guys. Yeah. There's a big display of him in, uh, in, uh, the Magic Castle in Los Angeles. If you ever go, there's a big display of him and Randy's name is there because he's the one who donated all the stuff. So, yes, magic is important to him. It's kind of in his blood. It's just sort of something I expect him to do when he gets a chance. Um, I didn't think it was that horrifying uh, i thought the fact that the freaking trailer didn't work was way more disturbing because that's the thing you got to sell people
0: yep uh let's see oh vincent has a note it says on the borderlands stuff the remasters launched tomorrow and the borderlands 3 date just leaked as september 13th wow that's faster than that it's faster yeah so there you go i also want to clear something up on last week's episode i gave you guys bad information and i want to clarify that if we make a mistake we want to clear it up in the Division 2, you can matchmake with other people for specific missions. So you have to walk up to that very specific point that has like the screen where like the mission kicks off. And if you stand there, then you have an option to mm. matchmake with people just for that mission. I played the game for 40 hours, never saw it, never realized it. Somebody pointed it out, and I just wanted to say that I was wrong, and I had that information incorrect, so that I uh, update you guys on that. My apologies on that. I just never saw it and never found it. Let uh, me take one or two more. Um, people, are, people keep asking about the BioWare article. I mean, that is some the people must have come in, in late.
1: The big news of the day is this Schreier's article and the fact that GameStop lost six hundred and eighty million dollars this year. It's not gonna be around for long. If you need some cheap Funko Pops, give it a few months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, here's the last one from on Blue. Uh, one great aspect of the Switch is that while underpowered, it's close enough in specs that it can get good ports from PS4 and Xbox games. I think he means PS3 and Xbox 360 games maybe i mean people
1: do seem to think that the ports from the existing systems are viable but i don't you don't see that much i mean they're viable are they good
0: not to not enough to warrant buying it on switch to me um some even day one with the ps5 xbox 2 set to be very powerful how powerful does the switch pro have to be that the trend of receiving good third-party ports will continue I completely disagree with that. Like every every Switch third-party port is like a watered-down version of of the game everywhere else. Like, yeah, I would never choose the Switch port over. I feel like Switch fans are like, it's playable, so it's good. Like, no, that's not
1: good. I mean, was it Dead Cells can't even hit sixty at this point. It's the only, Dead Cell, like, it's the only that can't do sixty. The Dark, stuff, Dark Souls Remastered I don't even care. can't do sixty. Any like stuff I don't
0: even care. But it's like you know, Doom. Doom is all about 60 frames per second. That's what that game was to me. Mm-hmm. It, playing it in 28 or whatever it was running on Switch, no, that's not a good port. That is that is absolutely sacrificing the vision of the artist the, that the artist originally intended. You're playing the the backwoods two-buck Chuck version of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's been the case with every third-party game. Look at... NBA 2K runs like crap. FIFA looks like crap, runs like crap. I mean, we can go on and on. There are no good third-party ports on Switch. Can you think of any that are in an indie game that should can run on anything?
1: Not really. I mean, I don't play a lot of them because I don't care. Because you know they're crap. Cause the, right. Well, cuz the answer here is like and the, it, Switch Pro, your question, it, the Switch Pro the Switch Pro has to be way more powerful than it's going to be. Yeah, I, I can tell to... you that right off the bat. And I don't care yeah. because I don't buy oh. the Switch. I don't buy Nintendo consoles for Third-party ports, I buy them for Nintendo's first-party first party output, stuff. and yeah. that's good enough. Yep. Like, I mean, if someone's really obsessed with having a, a gimped version of some multi-platform game to play on the go, that's fine. I mean, Doom is more than adequate to play on a train, I guess. But like, I just I just prefer if I have the platform or the, the whatever I have to play it on a better form. I'm gonna play it on that. Yep. The same way where I didn't I don't play the Switch portable because I don't want to play it on its tinier screen. But I would rather play it you know on the big screen with surround sound like it's you know i don't know what else to say I'm, I'm, i don't i don't i have everything that could be multi-platform on the switch i have a superior version on another platform yep, me too there's just no need for it
0: uh joaquin dragoon thank you for the bits brother appreciate it and that's it we gotta go i think we may have beat last week's episode this week hmm. <laughs> so there you go that's game face episode 162 Uh, Coming down the pike this week, there'll be a new Ask Shane. I'll be asking for new questions for Ask Shane this week as well. Uh, I just got the stickers, and I forgot to bring them. So uh, one of the new tiers on our Patreon is a sticker tier. And if you pledge at that tier, you get stickers. We have three different models. Uh, I'll bring them on the show next week to show you. Some of you guys will be getting messages from me on Patreon for your shipping address uh, so that I can send those out probably before you ever see them. Uh, but they came out really well. I'm pretty excited for those and I'll show them to you as soon as I can. Uh, But other than that, everybody have a great week. We're on Tuesdays now. Hopefully we can stay here for a bit. Probably. I do want to apologize for the show jumping around, but it is completely out of my control, people. It it just is. I think that's the number one complaint we get about Game Face or Sifted in general is that you guys can't count on when the shows are going live. I totally understand that, but please understand that there's nothing I can do. It is out of my control. Uh, Sam has a life, Matt has a life, and we got to work around it. So I'm doing the best I can. Take it easy on me. Hopefully we can stay at Tuesdays here. I'm not promising anything, but hopefully we can stay at Tuesdays here for the foreseeable future. Just cut me some slack, please. I'd appreciate it. So thanks for everybody who was on the stream. You guys were great as always. Ask great questions at the end. Thanks for anyone who contributed via Twitch Prime. Again, YouTube folks, please help us out with Twitch Prime. It can make a huge difference for us. So everyone have a great night and have a great week. Game Face is up and out.